it's the Wokas, and you have to take a listen. Full of insight that you may be missing in the Wokas. Always giving you the blueprint, different interviews, plus bringing you exclusives. The Wokas, we provide you with the coverage. Gym to the cage worldwide, we got you covered with the Wokas. If you snooze, you lose. For all your MMA news and views, it's the Wokas. Powered by WoTV.com. With your host, Michael Morgan and my speaker. Wokas. Always making trouble, mother lovers. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to the 100th episode of the Wokecast. Alongside myself, as usual, it's the man, the myth, the legend, my Stiggy. Yes, sir. Right here, man. We've come a long way. 100 episodes, bro. That is crazy. You know something? A big shout out goes out to you for joining me on this journey. But also, I can't forget Brian Lacey, who also held it down for quite a few episodes. Brian Lacey, who's now gone on to bigger and better things. You know, big up to the man like Brian Lacey, who was now co-hosting a podcast, ACB podcast, with Frank, Frank Mir. Wow. The one, the only Frank Mir. But we're here. We're still See, rolling. Yeah, man. As Bert Ro- Watson would say. <laughs> we rolling. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I'm definitely honoured to be part of it, bro. I just appreciate how much work you've put in, in terms of this, you know, putting the news out there that people need to hear. Um, I, I, you know, the number of up and coming um, fighters that you know you put on way before they even anybody knew who they were. Thank you, my man. Galore Fonda. I mean, seems I can, to be the hot topic right now. Yeah, Galore. Oh man, what did Galore do, man? He, mm. What was that? That was some kind of like Bushman <laughs> article throw I've never seen. Yeah, before. that was a warrior that strike KO right slam there. right yeah, there, and the guy knocked out. So I mean, things like that, man. I think it's really important that there are people out there like yourself that. You know, don't just. It's not just all focused on what everybody's talking about. You yeah, know, you you you're giving a spotlight to a lot of people that, in the future, you know, can become some massive stars. You know. Thank you, my brother. So it's good to see, man. Tremendous. How tremendous. did you How did you get into MMA? You know, like, I'm interested in how you like you what you got out of it and what made you think, okay, I want to help these guys. Well, first off, Wo TV itself started out as an entertainment channel, and I actually. Um, created that because I was doing a lot over at the BBC and I thought to myself Mm. just before they were offering me my own radio show Mm. I thought why am I here begging for crumbs of somebody else's table when I can go and make a table for myself so WoTV was born and I left the life at the BBC um, behind and I thought well okay the hot thing right now is what I was doing at the time, and that was film reviews, news, and interviews. So I started out doing a lot of the red carpet stuff. But I noticed, Mm. um, at the time, I was also watching a lot of the UFC fights. And I thought to myself, hold on, why is there nobody in the UK who's actually covering this? I don't see any news, I don't see any views, I don't see any interviews in video form. Nobody was doing it way back in 2009. And was that in particular more the UK-based MMA or was that just in terms of, in general, there wasn't much reporting? At the time, uh, I was looking at the UK landscape Mm. and I was more interested in the UK-based fighters who basically didn't have an outlet. They didn't have any video outlet. They didn't have an audio outlet. So I decided to create that platform. I decided to create that as a way in which to actually promote them. On the US side, I have to say, I wasn't really looking that far. Mm. I was more interested in the fact that, you know, we need to kind of like support our homegrown talent here. Definitely. And uh, hence the reason um, why WoTV was actually born. And my first interviewee um, was Carlos Vermola. 
Carlos <laughs> Vermola, way back when he was fighting for, I think that the, the, the promotion was called Cage Fighting Championship. This yeah. was way before his UFC days. And it's funny you hit upon that earlier. That was my thing. I wanted to talk about people who were not only homegrown, yeah. but weren't on the big show yet. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, the big show is what actually um, gets the traction. But I think as well, we need to remember that these fighters are on a journey and they will be at the big show. And it's mm. nice to kind of profile where they're at right now. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's well documented as well. So in terms of like, you can look at old videos and be like, wow, that's, you know, they said that then. Or, you know, so you're the guy that's actually getting all of this information that could be quite, you know, like obviously now look at how people are looking back on Conor McGregor's career. Yeah. Like, oh, he said this then and said that then and whatnot. And yeah. now other fighters will feel like, all oh, right, that's the mentality I should have mm. to get in there. So it's helping, you know, more than you probably realise, you know? Oh, definitely. And I have to say, you know, it does kind of give me a nice little nudge to kind of like acknowledge a few people who actually made the journey really, really easy for me in terms of interviewing, in terms of getting access to talent because I quickly was able to get um, access to people like Jimmy Manua mm. and uh, it was people like Dave O'Donnell that actually made that happen. See. Dave O'Donnell was very welcoming um, when I actually started up on the scene. It was way back in 2009, as I mentioned. He was very, very open to me coming down to the shows, covering the fighters. But, you know, access actually grants you access. So mm. you're building upon access because you've yeah. actually got your foot in the door. Yeah, because like, people will be like, oh, wow, I saw you doing the Bama, blah, exactly. blah, blah, so come here and do... This and that. So on the whole, I mean, I met you in 2010 or something like mm. that. And At UCMMA. Yeah, UCMMA. Yeah. And, you, you know, you were already deep in it then. So I'm guessing you'd, you'd already been doing it for a while before I'd that. I'd actually just covered one show. And yeah, it was just UCMMA. I was covering a lot of the fighters on there because at the time, you know, I have to say, UCMMA was the hotbed for a lot of the, not only up and coming fighters, but established fighters who were quite big uh, on the scene. But it was, I have to say, I was taken aside by Jude, Jude Samuel from um, from Bama. And, you know, he, he, he kind of like spoke to me really candidly. He said, Mike, if you're covering the scene, there is no way you can stick with just one promotion. You have mm. to be seen to be a media outlet, which is, you know, A, impartial, but B, more importantly, inclusive. Yeah. So a lot of the ethos, a lot of the outlook and a lot of the direction, I have to say, was me kind of like being open to being the new kid on the block because there wasn't any uh, established um, precedent. Yeah. But more importantly, kind of like trying to make it so that I could adapt based on learning on the job. So not actually stopping and actually taking stock, but just carrying on, making mistakes, making yeah. mistakes constantly. I mean, I even make mistakes today. Yeah. But basically to build on what people have actually fed back. And I've been getting some really candid feedback from people like Jude and people like, you know, Jimmy Manua. Basically people in the scene actually saying to me, you know what, I don't really think that should be the approach. I, this is my opinion. And then obviously my own independent um, judgment making a call on that. But, you know, I have to, again, acknowledge someone like um, Jude Tamer who actually, you know, was quite instrumental in, you know, being really candid with his feedback. Mm. So... Uh, what I want to know is like, because you've obviously you you know been in the industry now for quite some time. Um, you speak to fighters, you know, people in their you know in their um, you know right that are plateauing, people that are, are coming up and coming, people um, that promote. 
you know, other outlets as well, media outlets. Yeah. If you could get, you know, the UK sort of who's who in terms of promotions, and, you know, you're not speaking to anyone individual, just on a whole. Yeah. If there's, like, from what you've seen, if there's one bit of advice you could give them or, like, you guys need to, what would you what would you say? I would say communicate with the outlets and don't see them as your PR. Mm. A lot of the time you call up these outlets and it doesn't matter how established you are on the scene. They're very, very slow in not only returning your calls, but in terms of making things happen. So a lot of the... Um, action like today for example mm. we're here ensconced in this wonderful facility the mixed martial arts academy mm. in croydon that actually happened through the management of a lot of the people who we'll be speaking to today mm. and that is people like alex lahore alex montagnani um people like chai lewis parry and crawford daniel crawford they're actually managed by sid sydney dean mm. now that, I think, should be more incumbent upon promotions, pushing out their mixed martial artists. Look, As opposed to the manager. As, as well as the manager. Uh. It should be in your interest as a mixed martial arts promotion to be pushing your fighters mm. and giving outlets the opportunity to come down to days like this where they're actually um, in the other room doing a, a massive film shoot, be basically in the run-up to Bama 31 or Bama London, whichever way you want to actually term it. But... Mm. They should be working in conjunction with the manager. So in a long-winded way, I would say communicate not only with the managers and the media outlets in making those opportunities more well-known, mm. um, that there are opportunities, there are days out there like this that you could come down and actually cut content, you can do interviews, you can actually create what will essentially promote your event and the people who are signed to your promotion. Yeah, which until and promotes your event so there you it go makes sense all the way around yeah I, I think that's a really good idea i guess some of it is probably to do with um you know how many people are on board and how you know whether they have to all communicate in a certain way that's going to make it easy for everyone to coordinate right something like the ufc where they they've kind of they obligate their fighters to appear at this and that i guess smaller promotions they're not able to do that maybe i don't know the the answer to it but I just keep going back to the, the model which works, and that is, this is what KSW are really good at. They're mm. really good at communicating with the media. They're really good at giving you opportunities to come down and film. They're really good at giving you opportunities to interview their fighters because they get it. The more promotion they get, the bigger their brand becomes. The more um, bigger, obviously, the bigger the brand becomes, the more successful they are, the more successful their fighters are, the more the fighters will want to actually fight on their promotion. Because not only is it about profile, mm. but it's about, does the fighter feel as though they are being pushed? So many mixed martial artists yeah, I speak to, yeah. they say the same thing. This promotion, they're only uh, wanting to know me either in fight week or on fight night, mm. just what I can do for them. But it should be a reciprocal arrangement whereby on an ongoing basis, if you want to retain talent, look after them, promote mm. them, push them, make sure that they're in the public eye, make sure that they are actually um, building your brand as brand ambassadors, yeah. talking yeah. about you as a good promotion. And again, I'm going to sound like a stuck record here. That's where KSW have got that locked down. Mm, wow. That's some, you dropped some gems on them right there, boy. <laughs> That's how you know this is the 100th episode, brother lovers. <laughs> I'm telling you, if pe I mean, look, that to me, that sounds like some sound advice. So I'm hoping promoters out there listening, and even more importantly, fighters out there are listening, and they mm. can relay it to the promoters. Like, look, 
listen to this. Like, you know, this is from a guy that's been within this industry for some time now. And you've seen, you've seen um, promotions pop up from nowhere. You've seen them disappear into nowhere. R.I.P. Yeah. (laughs) The game has evolved. For two shows. <laughs> the game has evolved away. Actually, was it one show or two shows they had? I think they did one show, innit? Wow. It was like one show and then, yeah, we're, we're coming back even bigger and... That's it. One and done. Yeah, end of sentence. <laughs> all right, then, let's do this, man. So, we're going to get into... Uh, what are we going to speak about, first of all? Obviously, the uh, the big news from the last couple of weeks, I guess... Well, let's just rewind ever so slightly. It's been a while <laughs> since, you know, um, we've actually recorded one of these podcasts. True. I mean, let's just, you know, fill people in on what you've been doing. Because I have to say, again, I was waiting on the talent. You, I have to say, are the draw. You are the person. You what? are the shining beacon. You're the light where people are actually flocking to around the WOCast. I'm just... You think so? I, yeah, I'm, mate, I'm, I'm just the co-host. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> You're teaching me the ropes here, bro. This is, you know... But if, what what have you been up to? I mean, what's, um, what's been keeping I've you been, so busy? At the moment, I've been um, take. I've got like a couple of weeks off now. I've done um, a bunch of dates with um, Smokey Joe and the kid around France. I think we went to since I seen you. We went to Italy as well, and uh, we did something up in the Alps, and then uh, just a few more dates around France. But I've been starting getting back in the studio, working on a new project, uh, Tip of the Iceberg Volume Three. So I do a mixtape series. Right, um, but I haven't done one, you know, for a number of years. So I want to do this one with all original material, and so it'd be like fifteen, maybe fifteen, sixteen tracks, um, and major- you know, maybe you might have heard one or two of them, but they're all. I'm just currently working on that just to make it all just a bunch of fresh material, so that get people ready for the albums coming. <laughs> right. So I have had the privilege of actually listening to yeah. um, some tracks in the studio. That's off the album. That's not the mixtape, yeah, right? Yeah, that's off the album. Stuff right. That I, I, I might have, it might have been one that I'm going to use for the mixtape. Right. No, this is all going to be fresh material. So over, over the next sort of two, three weeks, mm. I'm just getting my head down in the studio, writing, 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 and then spend a week recording the stuff and then start compiling it and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, But this is more just because I think, you know, obviously when you don't release stuff every two minutes, it's easy for people to act like, oh, are you still making music? You know, yeah, I get yeah, asked yeah. that question every now and again. Are you still, man, that Sainsbury's advert was sick. Are you still making music? You know, <laughs> you just want to like, elbow, spinning elbow or <laughs> Showtime Pet is the dude <laughs> for asking such a dumb question. So this time around, I want to make sure that by the end of the year, you know, people have got a whole bunch of fresh material um, that they can listen to and then get them prepared for the album. So I'm going to do a bunch of video stuff as well. You know, we always like to have fun doing that. Incredible. You know something? I, I have to keep reminding myself of your, your alter ego. And that is, you know, you, that you are pretty, uh, you know, big in the game in terms of the music game. And yeah, one of the things right, which I was kind right. of like uh, baffled by was the other day I, I was like perusing my, my Twitter and um, oh, yeah. I saw a little kind of like, uh, what's, what's the best word for it? Twitter war. Tweef. Tweef. Going between <laughs> yourself and uh, Akala. Carla. And it was over, basically, what kind of like sparked things off from where I was sitting. It was over how you say your name. Now, for me, yeah. your name is very, very easy to say, my Stiggy. And, you know, even uh, a, a seven-year-old child, actually, yeah, even a 10-year-old that. child could actually say, you know what, let's bring let's in a 10-year-old child just to, it, prove, just to prove that, you know, what I'm saying is actually, you know, 
you know, God's honest truth, even a 10-year-old <laughs> child could actually pronounce your name. Okay, well, it just so happens that my son, or one of my sons, was a 10-year-old child. He's so one I made let's, earlier. Let's, let's, yeah, he's one I made earlier, well, 10, ten years earlier. <laughs> Let, let's bring in a 10-year-old child. So uh, that, that man, that handsome man over there, what's his name? My Stiggy. Wow. Right, so that's a 10-year-old child. Now, you know what? Let's, let's go even further. Even <laughs> a 7-year-old child <laughs> could actually pronounce the God's name. I mean, what this man, this young, this young, handsome dude over there, what's his name? Mice Diggy. There what? you go. There you go. Jeez. So it's not that difficult. So for me, it made me think, it made me think, what would be the motive of a man of Akala's stature, you know, to actually long out, you know, the fact that um, he was having trouble saying your name? Yeah. Tell me, what would Bro, possess a man? All I can say is, uh, like I said, I've pr probably said it to you on a couple episodes before, but for some reason, um, and I think maybe it's not just in the UK, maybe it's just worldwide and people have that thing, but there's just this rapper. People aren't really good at the whole sort of, um, in my opinion, um, friendly competition, you know, like, and it, it's just always an awkward thing with some MCs. I always find this, like, you might, it might be a hello, but it's never really a conversation. It's always a bit weird, and to me, it was just like, man, you're this is you're an educated guy, mm -hmm. you know. The the lady's saying it to you, Sarah's saying my stiggy, but every time you're going to say it, you, you seem to be just flopping on that word, exactly. And it was it just sounded a bit babyish to me, you know. Mm. And then, so I called him up on it. I was like, right, I'm cracking up because now I'm getting text messages, bro. You you know you ain't that hard to say. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, yeah, that's a good point actually. So I said, yeah, it's cracking me up that you know you couldn't even make your lips to say my name sort of thing and then a whole bunch of other people want to you know how people want to get involved yeah. do, 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 do. and so i just said the way i felt and obviously um he probably didn't appreciate it but i don't really care to be honest to me it was just more i'm not one of the i don't need to worry about my image and mm -hmm. you know my profile and i'm not like this guy that has to speak this way to make everyone think i'm the most intelligent dude or whatever so it doesn't bother me I'll say something that I feel like saying and whether you like it or not, it doesn't really, you know, we don't speak like that. So mm -hmm, it doesn't mm -hmm. really bother me, but like, whatever, man. You, uh, one minute you do know who I am, next minute you don't know who I am. That's that's what rappers do out here. You, you, know? you know what? I think that this should be kind of settled in the cage. Hashtag <laughs> black on black violence. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mike's love a bit of black on black violence. Speaking of which, man, mm. this uh, Paul Daly interview. This exclusive little bit of uh, insight you got. So you got to see his gym. He gave me a gym tour. He talked to me about the Lorenz Larkin and, uh, you know, the, the fight that's coming up uh, between himself and Lorenz Larkin. But he also touched on, you know, uh, the fact that he's the A-side. So he'll decide when Michael Venom Page and himself actually lock horns actually clash. This is what I find a bit weird. There's mm. something fishy going on. Mm. I, I feel like, and... It's just because on one side it seemed that it was going to happen. You know, I remember you you were advocating for it, oh, and especially after the the um, Rory loss. For, yeah, in terms of daily, I was trying to fan the flames left, yeah, right, and center. Yeah, <laughs> you were mad for it. like black on black violence. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it, and then it just turned into oh, um, MVP's going to be boxing. Yeah, he signed with um, um, Hay Haymaker Promotions yeah, with Hay da um, David Hay, mm. and then. Um, it sounded like Paul Daly was going to do some kickboxing, Bellator kickboxing yeah. for, at one point. Um, and then, and both of them was just like, yeah, this we're just going to do one fight, but we are going to fight each other. You yeah. know, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. weird sort of 
synchronicity of them both being, you know, peed off with each other, mm. but then happy to not be fighting yet. It's going to happen in 2018 in the summer. Mm, and I was mm. like, man, something, what, did they both know something that we don't know or what was? I think it boils down to the simple fact of schedules. This is definitely the biggest domestic fight since Nigel Benn versus Chris Eubank for my money. Mm. In order to give it that um, gravitas, in order to give it the pinnacle or the uh, pedestal that it deserves, you put it on in the UK. For my money, I'm gambling or get betting on the fact that Bellator aren't ready to return to the UK on their own steam until next year. Okay. Now, they're going to okay. be doing a joint promotion with Bama. I can't remember the exact date somewhere. I think it was October, November. That's an ongoing theme at the moment, right, when it, they come to the UK? It, well, when they come to Ireland, they do the joint promotion. Um, oh. In the UK, not so much. Okay. Now, the way that I look at it is this. It looks as though that um, Bellator have actually penciled in or got an inked in um, a date in a diary for next year. And that's why you're seeing this kind of, what it looks like is procrastination, but it, what it is, I think essentially is dates trying to align and trying to match up. So that's the fight that they want to make. That's the fight that they want to headline um, the UK uh, return of Bellator or the, um, the, the London return of, of Bellator. And essentially, that is what I think is really holding yeah, things that make, up. That makes sense. See, that's what I'm saying, man. Mike, so you're like the um, dungeon master. You Somehow, you always have some info that we need to find out. And that's what I'm saying. This guy knows more than we, he lets on, guys. Just, <laughs> just remember that. It's funny. We're talking about, you know, mispronouncing names and how difficult names are. Here's a difficult name for you. Our first guest in the show, Alex Montag... Mon... Man. <laughs> Montagnani. Montagnani. Yeah. For you, Mike, for you, it's hard to say. Yeah, let's let's keep this real. <laughs> In future, all you gotta do is look for the look for the fighters' videos where he gets to say his own name. That's it. And then you it. just keep repeat, watch and repeat. <laughs> What's going on with Alex, man? How are you? I'm um, good, man. Good training half for this camp and uh, a little tired right now. Uh, need some food, man. Some fuel, but I'm good. So yeah, you've got the fight coming up. Uh, was it September fifteenth, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Bama. And do you know who your opponent is yet? Because we're, we're trying to find out, and it yeah, seems to yeah. be a secret. Nah, do you it's know? On there. So, yeah, I've got released the other day. Uh, Martin Hudson. Martin Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Do you know much about him or? Uh, yeah, I watched a couple of his fights. He's a he's a entertainer. He's uh, entertainer. Yeah, to say the least. Well, both yeah, of you yeah. are then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's it. So yeah, expect fireworks in there, man. That yeah, looks to be a good fight then. That's it. That's it. The last time I saw Alex Montalini um, was actually coming back on the coach from <laughs> ACB. Yeah. Man was just missing it. Actually, you know what? I thought to myself, you know what? That I got a fighter alongside myself. We were on the coach coming back from Scotland. And I thought, yeah, he's going to be like a, a watchful eye, a guardian. Guy yeah, was yeah, yeah. snoring, mate. Snoring <laughs> away. And there was me thinking, yeah, he's going to be looking out for me. Snoring away. But anyway, the last time you were in action was actually uh, May 20th on yeah. the Celtic Gladiator show. Yeah. Now, I know um, a lot of people might be looking at the opponent, you know, Sean Lomas, who, you know, to many has been seen as a journeyman. This wasn't obviously your original opponent. No, Just talk us through what happened on weigh-in day. Um, so my original opponent, uh, I think Miguel something, is from uh, Spain. Right. Yeah, he, uh, he just pulled out. He just dropped out of the fight, so he's not fighting now. Mm. And so I'm um, so yeah, of course. Um, I'm very grateful that Sean Noma stepped in. 
Yeah. Even though, like you said, some people might see him as a journeyman. He's actually a, a flipping tough dude, man, with a yeah. granite chin. Yeah, yeah. If I caught him with a couple of shots that dropped him, and most people would be sleeping. Mm. He stood or he tried to stand back up. So <laughs> 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 in my head, I was like, wow. Um, yeah, and he caught me with a, an illegal head kick as well, which uh, rattled me. To yeah. Fight. So, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Come, comes with uh, the territory fighting something we don't really know much about mm -mm -mm. so the fight on Bama that you got coming up does that actually mean that you're signed for the promotion now or is it just a one fight deal um, so far it's a one fight deal and then uh, after this we'll uh, go into talks Okay, because yeah, okay. you have fought on Bama previously. I do remember yeah, yeah. seeing you uh, grace the canvas uh, yeah, yeah. a few times, actually. Yeah, a couple of times. Mm. I'm beaten in the uh, Bama cage, both uh, first round stoppages. Yeah. One uh, submission and one uh, KO. So, yeah, I'm looking to I'm looking to make that uh, that entertainment uh, entertaining um, return to Bama. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's about time because um, the last time. Uh, if I remember rightly, you fought Nathan Jones, yeah. and you submitted him. But yeah. now he's in a title fight with uh, one of your managerial, or for for your management anyway, yeah. uh, who are actually managing managing him, Alex Lahore. Yeah, yeah. Um, just talk me through, you know, ha actually seeing him uh, in the title picture, and yourself having submitted yeah. him. What kind of feelings have you got? Um, no, I'm I'm happy for for both of them to be at the top there because. Um, I've been out for three years, as, much as, as a lot of you know, because of my leg, I, I ruptured my hamstring and had major surgery um, in talks about me not ever fighting again. But you know how us MMA fighters, we, we don't play, man. So I just got um, back with the physio and back on it. But them two, them two are, they're, they're doing good, man. Nathan's just kept on grinding and pushing through and getting the wins like he has done. Um, and that's why where, that's where he's earned him a, a title shot. And the same for Alex. Man. Alex has been smashing everybody. So it's I, I reckon it's going to be a, a seriously entertaining fight, man. So yeah, I, I'm good luck to both of them, and I'm, I'm happy for both of them for that, man. That's good to hear. That's good yeah. spirit. I was going to ask you about that as well because you, you and you know your last fight was in May, obviously, but you hadn't fought since 2015. Yeah, so yeah. how was it dealing with that injury? Uh, was there a lot of up and downs with it? Because that's uh, quite yeah. some time off. Yeah, serious, man. You, go, I went through everything, man. I ain't, I ain't afraid to say it. Like flipping that depression from that everything because mm, you know course. I was I was active. And I had I had certain contracts waiting for me mm. after that fight, so I, I I knew what was on the other side. And then to go out like that, it's not even of your own fault. It's just your body's just just done. How did the injury come about? Was it for free training they, or? Yeah, yeah. So I had I had a. They said I must have had a slight tear in my hamstring. Already? And then I fought on a show called Macto. Uh, <laughs> Macto. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's his favorite promotion. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, good. So yeah, I fought in there, and um, yeah, it just it just went. It just I, I threw a kick, and got a take. I got uh, taken down, and then I went to stand up, and I just heard like that, and that, and then I have the most pain I felt in my life, and I've I've, I've broken bones, I've been you know cut open, all of that stuff, and this was the worst pain I felt in my life. And yeah, that and, that, and that was it. And they they called it a loss. I don't, in my eyes, I don't see it as a loss. They should have gave it a no contest, but that's yeah, still it should have been a no yeah, contest, really. But <laughs> there's that whole thing of like how much damage yeah, you've taken yeah, yeah. and it's whether only 54 it's seconds into the fight. So yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. Yeah, but it's it's whatever. Anyway, yeah, it happened, man. So, so you you've been you've been through a lot in terms of like the recovery. Then oh, yeah, when you were told, so they said to you, you probably won't be able to fight again. Yeah, because I it ripped from the bone. So I've got Serious. I've got screws in my bone right now in my hip. I've got two screws in my hip, and they've weaved the synthetic fiber through my muscle. 
So now that you're back then, how are you feeling? Are you feeling 100% or are you still a bit wary about the injury? Or Nah, nah, the injury is out of my mind now, man. Now is that your mind? Yeah, now I'm back in. I'm, I'm ready to smash, man. I guess, and it's always that first fight where you can tell, That's right? It. Yeah, the first fight, yeah. you could like. I'm sure if you, if you watch it, I was a bit hesitant in that fight. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't myself. I was feeling it out. I didn't throw any, any kicks, which I usually throw kicks and knees mm. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, now that fight's out of the way, I'm ready, man. I can't wait for Bama. So does it change? Like, obviously, the build-up to, you know, your return fight is more about, okay, let me make sure everything's still yeah, intact. Yeah, that's what it was. Go yeah. in there. You don't want to go in there full force. But then after that, now you've, you've you know, you've dealt with that. You've got a win, obviously, yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. It, has your training changed now? Have yeah. you gone back? Hundred <laughs> percent, it's gone back to the old Alex. I was just, I was just saying that to Sid, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's back to the old Alex. It's back to that uh, Apollo Creed type training. You know, if you come in our gym, there's some greasy people up in there, and that's how we get down, man. Doghouse rules in there. So, um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be exciting being back on Bama. <laughs> <laughs> now. There is a, obviously an elephant in the room, I mean, just before we wrap up. One thing which um, kind of intrigues me, let's just imagine you are in the same weight class as Alex Lahore. Uh, no, I'm middleweight now. Oh, you're middleweight Yeah, now. I've got no. Oh, you moved, you've moved up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. You know how I like... No black on black crime here. <laughs> this guy loves his black on black violence, man. I, I was just it. trying to set up a future fight there where you just yeah, destroyed, no, no, no. destroyed my matchmaking abilities there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, me and Alex are cool because we used to train together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and truthfully, I'd, I'd like to train with him again because mm. uh, we'd be, be both be good for each other. But um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, in the future, everything can change, man. So no, yeah. so you, you could actually uh, could actually change weight classes, right? Um, maybe I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I know I've been asked a few times. Yeah, to go back to well away. Yeah, we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. Mm. So, who knows? Next year I could go back. I might stay out middle. We'll see. I, I don't know, man. I've got a, a a scenario which is brewing in my mind where you could one day be facing Alex Lahore. I mean, yeah. all jokes aside. Yeah, we hear a lot about you know, oh, teammates don't fight teammates. What's your whole stance on it? Because he, okay, not necessarily a teammate of yours yeah. but you're under the same management stable and um you're pretty cool with him right yeah yeah he's cool man i'm mm. um, just like with the other people like um i used to train with terry brazen and all them like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. terry and supposed is supposed to fight at, oh not supposed to but you know alex and terry could potentially fight as well yeah yeah and them two used to train also together mm. so um i think when the when the right time if if you're both at that level where you you're both deserving of a title fight mm. Then all all things aside, then it's it's, it's a sport. It's, yeah. There's no no personal feelings at all. Mm. All it is is we're gonna fight. Whoever wins wins, and and that's it. And then at the end of it, you shake hands and your friends. That's all it is, man. That's okay. how I see it. There's no bad blood between people, or there shouldn't be when you you know you've been friends and trainer partners and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I have to say, I know I said that was the last question, but um, I'm kind of curious. Your moniker is the mean albatross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> please, you please. Know what? So what I had unpack was, that. I had, I had, um, I had mean before, and then I was thinking I, I want something in front of it, and I, and I, I heard a few cool things about like the albatross, right? Because it's the biggest bird, it's one of the rarest birds. It has a massive wingspan, so yeah, yeah. it's like it's un they're unable to touch him because he's gonna come and he's gonna pop you off. Which I got them oh. crazy long arms. And also, when sailors see the albatross, it means certain death. So I thought, come on, when they see me in that cage, <laughs> you're sailing on That's my water. Me. I'ma come in there and I'ma show you a certain death's coming, man. man with these long this wings. guy drops some bars on yeah. us just now. Boy. That's deep. <laughs> 
I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, I was like, man, Albatross is usually look happy. And then I was like, okay, yeah, he's kind of long, so maybe he's starting yeah, to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. wicked, man. Yeah, so that's what that's about, man. But that's yeah. a good explanation for it yeah. as well, man. <laughs> yeah, I had to have it ready for I knew that would come anyway. <laughs> Sick, man. Well, listen, man, we're looking forward to this fight. Yeah, respect, man. Thanks and for having me, man. can tell you are as well, man. So good luck with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, brothers, man. Thank you very much. Wicked, yeah? man. Respect, Bless. man. Thank you. Joining us now on the Worldcast is Daniel Crawford, who will also be uh, on the Bama 31 card, facing Damien, Damien Lapalus. And uh, it's a title fight, and I have to say, a beautiful title fight at that. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, Daniel, I have to say, I've had my eye on you for a while. When you were outside of Bama, you, uh, I have to say, you, you impressed me with um, the many times that you appeared on Warrior Fight series. And um, I... It was kind of like curious. There's another Crawford in the game. It's not a brother of yours, is it? I know. I know you're talking about. That's Kingsley Crawford. Yeah, I, I actually train with him now. So really, yeah, he's a very uh, he's a talented up and coming fighter. So. Very talented. Uh huh. So I I, I get around. Uh, that's at Revolutions Martial Arts Mixed Martial Arts that we train at. Yeah. Right. He's, right. He's also there. So I get good rounds with him and uh, many of the other amateur guys. Joanie Scott. Mm. I don't know if you heard of him. He's a very talented guy. Okay. Um, Tommy Sabre and many other guys, um, lots of pro fighters go there as well. Mm-hmm. They're actually on the Bama card also, Ollie Mathis and uh, Tony Hall. Okay. And guys like that. Well, I have to say, this uh, is a very eagerly anticipated uh, title matchup. I mean, Damien Lapalus has been, uh, been on a tear of late. But, you know, before we even get to that, I have to say, what really, really caught my attention was when you destroyed Ronnie Mann. I mean, Ronnie Mann, I have to say, isn't someone who uh, I would class as um, light work. And uh, you made it look easy. I mean, just talk us through the emotions, um, having finished, uh, well, so-called le- legend in the game. Um, well, I, saw, I wanted to make a statement, basically. Um, no one has ever, well, one person has stopped Ronnie Mann punches, but that was at the start of his career, like 12 years ago. So I definitely wanted to make a... Um, an impact. Also, Damien went three rounds with him in a, you know, less emphatic way, and I I destroyed Ronnie Man with one punch. So that's how what I plan to do with Damien Lapilus also. So when yeah, so when you got that sort of mindset in terms of um, how you feel about that, do you feel like Damien probably looks at it in the same way? Like man, okay, look what he did to him, and I didn't, I wasn't able uh, to well, do that. Well, I, I think Damien's. Uh, I don't think he's scared of anyone because, you know, he's been around with uh, a lot of guys. He's been knocked out before and he seems to be very confident. But if he definitely doesn't take into consideration what could happen, then it's going to be a very hard night for him. Yeah, <laughs> you might do that dance, yeah? That, that ACB. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he might be doing a funny dance as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, it, it's an old adage, isn't it? Records are for DJ. He's 15, 7 and 1. You're nine and one. When you look at that, does that is that posing something like a red rag to a ball, or do you take that into consideration and you you know even train you train even harder based on his records? I train the same for everyone. I let no any any man on any day can um, pro- produce the performance of their life. So mm. I I train the same for everyone. I don't care if you're a one and ten or fifteen and seven or. I don't know, 15 or no, I'm going to come out and uh, do my best and do myself justice. I mean, just on that training, um, Sherdog has actually got you down at training at New Wave Academy. But where are you now? Uh, I train at 
Aeon Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Revolutions Mixed Martial Arts. And I also uh, train at um, United Martial Arts. And I also have a CrossFit gym, which I do my strength conditioning at. Okay, so what prompted the change? Because uh, a lot of people kind of like swear by New Wave Academy. NWA, as I like to call them. Uh, well, you know, a lot, a lot of politics happen when you're at gyms. Yeah. I mean, I've been at two gyms and... There's been politics going on. I I, I like to have uh, like-minded people, and um, um, Emma Madden and uh, Steve O'Keefe are very like-minded people and are very um, open to um, progression of their fighters as to trying to hold them back or business-sided mind. I mean, just on that politics, I hear that thrown about quite a lot in uh, mixed martial arts, particularly with gyms. How much of that do you think um, is because the management or the owners of the gym like to kind of like stamp their authority and like to have control over what the fighters are actually up to or how much of it is actually the fighters themselves actually causing having i mean you know i'll point the finger at you were you difficult when you were nwa i was definitely not difficult um you were in the ice cube of nwa that's what he's trying to say is um you know i mean what can i say like things happen and uh People try to uh, what what fight what uh, James got to recognize is the pro fighters are their own business. Mm. We, we're the name, okay. And with the amateur fighters, fine, you can have your name in the amateur fights. But when it comes to um, professional fighters, they are the business. They are earning the money. And basically, if you have to grow them up yourself, and hopefully in the end, you know it pays off, and you get your you get your um, get your rewards by um, you know teaching your students and and developing growth. In so terms of the fighters or in terms of the gym? In terms of uh, the gym has to notice that pro fighters mm. are the business, mm. you know, and you can't be like, oh, you got to do this, you, you know, we're going to have things a certain way, you know, um, you got to cater to kind of everyone, but mm. also not st- just have it w- one way. So it's it's kind of important that th- that the gyms understand that uh, you know as long as the fighter is doing well and progressing, mm-hmm. then the gym can, can progress because you can be like, look, this exactly. guy trains here. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess that's where it gets a bit messy, isn't it? Obviously, because yeah. it's not even to say like an ego thing, but I think obviously the gym feels like, well, we're the name, yeah. you know, and you fight here, whereas the fighter might feel like, look, people are asking me where I train at and I say here. Mm. So in, in that sense, maybe, we, you know, we should ha- we should see eye to eye on that. Also, if you go to another gym, some gyms might be funny about that. You know, I want to go, I'm going to come go down there for sparring. It's mm. like, oh, why are you going down there for, you know, uh. is it not good enough here? And just little petty things like this, you know. That's why I like to think, like, I am the business and, um, you know, you got you can be my coaches, but you got to help me develop as well. I'm allowed to go to other places on my own man. Mm. And you, so what was your, what did you start off in? What was your background in martial uh, arts? I boxed. You boxed first I of all? I boxed since the age of 14 to 18. What um, made you want to start with MMA from there? Uh, uh, boxing, the training in boxing is so boring. Um, mm. I just couldn't hack it anymore. And um, I've always watched MMA and I always thought, you know, I could, I, I watched GSP um, um, fight. And I was like, oh yeah, I can definitely do a double leg. I, I've always been interested. So, uh, one day I quit quit boxing and then um, I met my wrestling coach Raheem. He's like, oh, why did you quit? Come down to the gym, learn some wrestling and have a look back. It's funny you mentioned um, that, you know, you kind of like moved away from boxing, especially the trend nowadays is, oh, I want to fight, you know, in the ring now. I mean, 
when you look at that, when you see that, do you think, what are you doing with your life? Or is it kind of like, well, if you're going to make money there, um, you know, head over to where the money is happening? I mean, what's your thoughts on actually um, mixed martial artists now moving, segueing into boxing? Well, if you notice, it's only like the high level guys that are really getting paid. I mean, across the board, maybe MMA is a little bit better than um, across the board in boxing. But definitely when it comes to the higher levels in boxing, um, the more percentage of the purse goes to the boxers than in MMA. So, you know, it's pretty much the grind is always going to be there in boxing or MMA. It's just that when you're at the higher level, you know, you've got a name and you can sell, sell tickets. I mean, then it makes sense. Yeah, that's what it seems to be all about as well, obviously, with everyone talking like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so would you would you say in terms of like um, someone, you've come from boxing, gone into MMA, now someone, you know, going the other way, is it going to be easier for them or a lot harder? Um, f- just from pure mixed martial arts to boxing? Yeah, to boxing. Because, pe- you know, people act like, ah, oh, it's half a fight or it's, you know, it's this mm. quarter of what you've got to do in MMA. But at the same time, there's a sweet science to it, so yeah, exactly, yeah. is it really going to be that simple? You're standing up for 12 rounds, getting punched in the head, so it's definitely different. The angle, like, just the little subtleties, like, mm. um, MMA fighters won't get, like, you know, some fighters, yeah, some fighters coast around, you know, maybe an MMA fighter might not be able to do that, um, you know, rising shots out, um, you know, you're up on a scorecard, you might take two rounds off, mm. just little things like that, you know, mm. um, pot shot in like you know what knowing what to catch the judges eye with i mean just little things that i don't think mma fighters would know they'll just know how to go in there and oh i've done a few boxing classes i've i've done boxing rounds before exercise yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just a bit different when you're actually in there i guess the distance as well Mm. you you know because we're so um boxing you're so close up it could be easy to get carried away yeah over punching yeah as well so and yeah. and people talk about there's a difference in the even in the punching as well, like uh, boxers having more pop um, uh, as opposed to. But I'd I'd have thought that there'd still be a pop in a in an MMA punch. But is, is there a difference, like from um, your experience? Yeah, there's definitely it's more sharper uh, mm. a boxer's punch, but um, there's not really a difference. Power is power. Yeah, yeah, it's just how you how you use that power. If that power's um coming at you sharp and fast with good technique or that power's coming at you in a, a wide hook with a four-ounce gloves on. Mm. Interesting, man. And so, yeah, I wanted to, the last thing I wanted to ask you was about your poise, like we, I'm, we was chatting about it before, but what I really noticed with you is how calm you are getting into the cage. Um, is that something you had to teach yourself or is it, it you just, you don't look at it in the same way as a lot of other people who don't fight? I think over the years, um, it definitely has, um, you know, just the experience yeah. of being calm, but also... I don't really feel it, feel anything when I'm in there. There is like literally no emotion. I don't feel anything. There's not nothing going on in mind on my mind. Not even fun. Like you look like you're having fun at the least, at the very least. No. Uh, sometimes in a in a certain moment, but there's literally nothing in my mind. I I can't even describe the feeling. Mm. It's just emptiness. It's like a cold, raw emptiness that I get when I'm in there. So. And so, you, what? So would you say that's autopilot then, or it's just natural? What comes to you? This is almost like you're freestyling. Like you feel free in there. I heard you talk about uh, that. Yeah, it's just I get in there and not not even before I get in there. When I do the walk, I I feel nothing. There's no um, there's no nerves. There's no anticipation. I'm in there and it's just you know it's like yeah, it's basically autopilot. Basically, mm. this is what I've I'm born to do. So mm-hmm. wicked man. Listen, we're looking forward to see this fight, boy. 
Definitely. So um, that's uh, September 15th, Bama 31 against Damien Lapilus. Um, good luck with that, brother, man. It looks like it's going to be a good one. No strangers to controversy. Our next guest, Alex Lahore, joins us now on the Wocast. Welcome to the Wocast, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Alex, I have to say, looking at your uh, pre-fight promo that you were actually cutting there, you look sharp as hell. I mean... Let's just delve a little bit more deeply, though, from what we can see on a superficial level. I want to get inside your mind. The last time I saw anything printed about you, I have to say, it was controversial. It was, let's, just cut, let's just cut straight to the meat and potatoes now. It was your comment uh, about your opponent, which is Nathan Jones, who you'll be facing on the 15th of September at Bama 31 or Bama London, whichever one you want to actually uh, title that as. But you refer to him as looking kind of gay. Now, again, straight no chaser, <laughs> woe TV, always making trouble. Can you just unpack that ever so slightly? Because it caused almost a uh, media meltdown in terms of people's reactions on Twitter. I mean, I have to say, I being one of them, I was a little bit, how can I put it, taken aback by the, now, what seemingly people are just going too deep into this. <laughs> people are just going in too deep into this. Right. You know, it, it's... Uh, it was just me describing my next opponent, you mm. know, I've been uh, as, you know, as being someone who looked feminine, really. It was just a... Uh, oh, feminine. You know, okay. You know, it, it was just, uh, how can I say, it's just uh, a, a way of, of you know, of getting, yeah, exactly, getting into his head and stuff, you know. Were you I'm quoted? not homophobic. I've got nothing against gay people, you know, mm. they do their things and that's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> were you quoted verbatim then, or were you misquoted? Was that an actual quote that you'd actually said? Because the interview, it was a written interview, I, I didn't hear or didn't know that there was an, any audio to go you with You know it. how it is, man. <laughs> it's your job. They always make it look the worst. Oh, know? okay. <laughs> so you were, like, misquoted or it was taken out of context? Yeah, kind of, you know. Like I've just explained, I've yeah. got nothing against... I've got actual gay fans, you know, who message me. You know, actually, people who actually buy tickets, buy you know some of my match, 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 merchandise, yeah. you know, my t-shirts and stuff. So I ain't got nothing against gay people. Mm. I got friends who are gay, you know, and um, you know it was just you know uh, um, a comment to get to him. Really, it's just it was just personal between me and him. It got nothing to do with all the other gay people in the world. Yeah. It? So there's no point people going too deep into it and saying, oh, he's talking about gay people. You can't be saying that. Come on, guys, come on. You know. Just on <laughs> getting to your opponent and just on um, the psychological mind games, do you think that he's susceptible to psychological warfare? Because I've never seen anybody attempt to take that to him. I've never seen anybody try to take Nathan Jones on, first of all, verbally, in a verbal uh, war of words, but try to get inside his mind. Mm. Do you see a weakness there? You obviously have uh, pinpointed something which you are attacking, and you are attacking with vigour. Since uh, we've been um, having forwards and backs on social media, he's been playing all these mind games, you know, like, uh, for example, after my lost... Um, I only lost. He went on social media and posted something without saying my name, but blatantly he was talking about me. Everyone knows he was talking about me. Um, then, you know, since then, every time I had the fight and won after that, he always, you know, was throwing stuff at me. You know, what? one day, for example, I get added to this group about training and then he pops up and say, F, F, Alex Law, and then, you know, comes out of the group. So then he knows that I can't reply or I can't, you know, and I was like, 
Mm, that's weird. Why would you do that? Yeah, do you know what it stemmed from then? You know, from the Fury days when uh, I was coming up as a pro, you know, I... Um, I challenged him for a fight because he had a belt at the uh. at the time for the Fury Fury belt. So you know, he, at the time I was only one on zero or two on zero. He was four on one or something like that. So oh, you um, called him out, and he yeah, probably felt and he, away he, about he, that. He, he didn't like it because obviously I was only one on zero when I was no one. But he was also scared because he knew that he knew what I what I had, you know. So um, he he never wanted to take the fight. He was always saying, "Oh, go and prove yourself first. Go and prove yourself, and then come back to me." You know, he even and then he, he carried on. You know, like not even I think five months ago he had an interview where he says, um, "Oh yeah, I don't fight in in in." Um, in uh, leisure centers and I fight in, oh, in, wow. in big arenas. Wow. But then, and then after that interview, I get called on Bellator when I'm fighting on the main card. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really, um, I don't really want to big up myself too much, but you know, I, I was more focused on, 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 on my training and my fighting than, than he was focused on his because he should be, he should be where I am now. Mm. Like, Back then, he should have been where I am now. Back then, and he's not. See, do you I think that's got to? Him. Yeah, do you think that's got to him a bit as well? Yes, the fact that of course that he has. He's, he's, I think he's one of my biggest fans. He's, he's, <laughs> he's watching everything I do. He's, he's, he's even reusing f um, phrases that I've said. You know, like for example, um, after winning the the Josh Collins fights on UCMMA, mm. um, I come out with uh, with with a saying saying, uh, surprise, surprise, I'm not surprised, I'm not the champion, mm. then um, I think a couple months after, I get, um, you know, uh, I get signed by Bama, and then Bama, you know, puts my my picture on social media, saying, welcome to Alex Lahore. Mm. And then first person to comment is Nathan Jones, and what he says, he uses my, my, my saying, he goes, surprise, surprise, I'm not surprised. So that wow. shows me. That shows me that he's watching me. Yeah, he's watching that's my interesting, mood, man. You know, and there's more. There's more that people are not. What people are not. You know, a lot of people don't know. Don't see, but you, you know, obviously see. see. So not do you, just me. All my circle. All the people around me knows what, what's really going on. You know, he's trying to, you know, make me look like the bad guy. I'm the, yes, I'm the bad guy because this sport. You, I'm not here to be nice. You know, I'm not here to to be nice to to him because he's the fighter that I want to beat. But I'm I'm nice to everyone else. You know, Do after you the fight, after I beat him, I'll be nice to him. I'll be able to him. I'll <laughs> shake his hand and I say, "Well done." And I tell him, "If you want to come and join, you know, the successful team, wow. you want to come, you can come and what? join." <laughs> you understand? Jeez. This is interesting because it, from what you're saying, this feud has basically been throughout your pro career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since since literally fight one. That's you know? crazy. Yeah, it's and now you're back from a long, long way. And now yeah. you're finally gonna face each other. Do you yeah, think it's finally. gonna? So how do you f do you see this fight coming out? Like fireworks. You know how I see this fight going, man. You know, after every, you, as you, you know, I, I don't even need to talk. You just go on YouTube and watch my fight, and mm. you know what happens after every of my after after every fights I do. You know what happens? I get better. I get stronger because <laughs> I focus more on myself. Than the others, yeah. you know. I don't focus on my opponent. I focus on myself. I focus on, you know, where I'm lacking, and I wanna. I always want to get better. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone has watched my fight more than more than what I do. You know, I, okay. I, I always rewatch my fight. So, you know, all the guys 
who have, who, who, who comes to to face me, you know, they 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 always stay behind because, you know, I've always I've already seen what I did, you know, previously on my last fight and the mistakes I've made. I've already worked on that. So by the time they go and watch the footing and they're watching everything that I did wrong, you know, I've already watched that and I've already worked on that and I've already, you know, I've already cleaned that. It's already it's not there anymore. So it's very hard for for. I think it's very hard for my opponents to 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 to, to find uh, holes to in my game or, or to figure me out or to know what I'm going to do on fight night. And even it's hard for myself because I don't even know myself. Yourself, you know. Like so I know it's when you're in there, you're very calm, very poised. I was talking to Mike earlier about. Um, funnily enough, it's the same guy, um, Daniel Daniel Crawford's going to fight. He fought this guy in last year around February, but he this guy walk. I was telling you, Mike, earlier. This guy walks in. And it's like death metal, devil worship music. Yeah, no, that's Martin Hanson. Headbutting tables. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. That's Martin Hanson. And he's fighting Alex Montagnani, who, you know, an ex... Oh, ex, sorry, I thought it was Crawford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex-training yeah. ex partner of mine. Yeah, that's you know, what he's he, he went and opened on his gym and went his own way, but we still cool. But what was interesting about watching that fight, this guy walks in, him and his team, rah, screaming at each other, headbutting yeah. this, that, left, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. centre... You walked in before, but you came in calm, pretty calm. Yeah. The French hip hop playing. Mm. This guy comes in, and I'm watching it and thinking, okay, how is this gonna transpire into the cage? Because you're really calm. This guy's really hype. People who know the guy that's really hype is gonna burn himself out. That's yeah. you. But at the same time, the guy that's really calm now has to turn it on, mm. but still keep yeah, your yeah. composure. Yeah. And I, it was really interesting how it flipped. It. Uh, you were still pretty cool, but. You just twit, you know. You dealt with him pretty, mm. you know, significantly. Like he got yeah. fucked up in there. Mm. Yeah, because you, you know, I, I, I said, you know, I always say I don't really watch my opponent or, 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 you know, get deep into them. But I do watch them. I do watch, you know, what they do. I, I have a one, you know, one or two peek look just to see, you know, to not be in the dark, to know what to expect. So I know that he he always comes in like that, you know. Every fight, he, he comes in doing this mad thing. He's a good, oh, yeah. He's a good. Oh, he, right. he he is he's, uh, a good show for the crowd, but for him, I think it's a it's a very it's it's, it's not good because obviously you burn so much energy, man. Yeah. Like I could hear you him in a, I could hear it. him in a change room, like throwing stuff on the floor and mm. you know doing all crazy stuff. Maybe that's what that's that that's his, that's how he he deals gets with his fight yeah, and stuff. Gets him ready for the fight, pumped for, up. Yeah, but for me, it's like you've lost like two rounds doing that. Yeah, yeah, you could see yeah. it straight. Like after about a minute, minute and a half, yeah. you could see like the guys like, oh dear, no, I'm yeah. a bit tired Especially now. Especially I'm high paced, man. Dude, yeah. If you're losing that, plus my high paced, you <laughs> game over, man. And speaking of game over, it was game over for your last opponent, Dan Edwards. <laughs> you won by a spectacular KO and you stood over him rather menacingly. Was there a backstory to that? Because it seems as though up until that point, you were calm as hell. And then all hell kind of broke loose and you were like this raging kind of bull, like standing, towering over him, daring him to yeah, get up and being knocked, knocked out. You know what it was? That it, was surprising it's, um, to see. And, you know, a lot of people don't know what go what goes on in the fight game, you know. First of all, the first thing is, obviously, I win. I just won the fight. Adrenaline kicks in and, you know, I'm happy as well. I'm excited. That's one. Then second second thing is interviews. Interviews before the fights. Mm. You need to watch. You know, you need to you need to you need to know what the, the guy's been saying about 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 the, about, about me, for about example. You. you know, oh, so, you check, so he was. You check for that as yeah, well. Yeah, well, obviously I don't look at it, but people send it to me. You know, okay, people yeah. say, "Oh, look, have you seen that? Have you seen what he said?" 
So he was like saying, yeah, yeah, I'm the best welterweight in the world. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Being all rude saying he's got a big dick and all of that stuff. And uh, he's the best ever, blah, blah, blah. And people are under- underestimating him. And I'm not ready for him. And I'm, he's mm. coming to just uh, um, shut thing, fix, things down for me. And, and you know. And um, yeah, th- so I was like, yeah, so what now? You know, it, yeah, that's yeah. all it was. Okay, just okay. at the moment, at that moment, at that victory. Mm. So you see, it didn't last long. It just lasted, you know, a couple seconds. Then I went around on my celebration. And as you can see in the video, I go up to him and help him get up and say yeah, good fight yeah, 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 and yeah, shake so his hand. You know, I'm always humble after the fight in victory or defeat. You know, it, it, it's 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 a part. It's part of the game. It's that thing of like a celebration dance. It's like, well, I'm happy I won. Mm. And then you get people going, yo, man, we dancing for the guy still knocked out. Exactly. But it's like it's a really they, thin line between people them. saying that they, they're not understanding that this guy like two seconds ago was trying to fucking take my head off. <laughs> you understand? So like, what are you telling me about, oh, come down, like, what are you doing that? Come on, man. I, the guy just trying to broke my leg. He was trying to take my knee off. Yeah. You understand? So I I come victorious at that time. Adrenaline's kicking in. You know, that's my reaction and that's it. Then after that, that, that second, that moment is gone, I'm just back to normal, you know, shaking hand, all respectful. But at the time, we in a fight. We just, it's the fight game. You know, mm. you know, one of to be nice. One of my favorite images of that fight, I have to say, I love it, and I've I've actually got a picture of it. Is when your mum came into the cage. That uh, that was a beautiful scene. <laughs> Just talk me through. You know, y- y- you obviously um, are like most sons uh, out there. Their parents aspire for them to be, you know, mm. uh, to great heights. Mm. What did your mum actually say to you when you decided you want to pursue a career in fighting? <laughs> so first of all, I'm a lonely child. So I got no brothers, no sisters. Wow. But I've got a massive family, loads of cousins. So I've all, I've always been around loads of kids and stuff. My mom always been the one to look after the kids or take me to my cousin's house. And all the time my cousins was there. I was never really alone, even though I was a, a lonely child. So my mom is very protective over me. So when I told her I wanted to do fighting and MMA especially, and I showed her what it was, she was like, no way, no way. you're not doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, obviously... Me being me, as always, I never listened. That's the reason why, first of all, I, I, I'm in the UK now. Yeah, I was going to And I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But we we talking to, <laughs> we talk about that a bit later if you want. But yeah, so she was, she 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 wasn't she wasn't happy. She wasn't happy um, for me to do it. And uh, obviously, after a while, you know, after bringing on my first, second belt, third belt. Mm. You know, and me keeping going and always doing good and always telling us that's what I want to do. You need to be supportive, you know. And then yeah, so now she's 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 supportive. You know, she's uh, she's happy. She wants me to do what I love. She knows that I enjoy it. She knows that that's what I want to do, and she's behind me 100. percent But I don't want her to uh, to come back to another fight. Be worried, yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. unless it's for the UFC uh, <laughs> a world title, title, you know. But she 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 was too worried, you know. I, I don't want to put her through through this again, you know. Unless she really wants to come and she yeah. wants to be there. Other than that, you know, I, I rather her watch it after or, you know, her get the news from someone else. Right, yeah, because it's also it's yeah. a way on your mind as well, knowing yeah, as that well. she's there and probably. A no, bit you know what? Her being there was kind of a boost for me as well. Okay, you know, because obviously your mum is there. That's extra strength. That's extra power. That's that's your blood. That's where you mm. you come from. Yeah. You know. 
you always want to please your parents. So it's an extra boost, uh, an extra boost. You always want to do good in front of mm. your parents. So that was good, really. That that side didn't really affect me. It was more of a, yeah, let's go. Mm. You know, mom is here. I have to prove her that that's what I want to do. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do well. So then why now do you say you'd rather she wasn't there? For her, it's more for, oh, her, for her because she, yeah, she, she didn't take that very well. You know, mm. she was telling me, yeah, I had to go toilet three, three, four times. <laughs> my uncle, yeah. my uncle was there with her, and she was like, no, man, she was just crazy. Yeah. Like she was going in there. She was, especially when, obviously she watching fights before, and she watching people getting, getting blood. bitten up and mm. stabbing blood, and you know all that adrenaline, all that you know getting, and then she's knowing that I'm gonna come in there and fight. You know, it's it's a lot of pressure for her. You know, and obviously, it was the first time she come, and she come to the biggest show. Yeah. So she sees like yeah. all the crowd and like you know all the people, and it was a good experience for her. But you know, it was too much. I think. Did that much, help in any way? So like you, you were talking about once you started bringing back belts, you know, because I've been through the similar sort of thing. Mm. Like I'm in the music world, and no, in terms no. of like if you're independent, unless you're like signed to. P. Diddy or, you know, people yeah, think, yeah. oh, what, can you, is that a real job or whatever? But yeah. then when she started seeing me yeah. bringing back things and working for different organisations or whatever, that kind of helped. And then also seeing people from the UK as well making a living off of it and whatnot. Mm. Was there a similar thing in terms of, like, her seeing, I don't know, whether it be, like, Conor McGregor or, you know, people that are more out there doing what you do, mm. did that help in any, uh, in any way for her to, to be, accept it? To be fair, she's not really, she don't really watch it much. No. You know, she don't really watch it much. So in that side of thing, you know, she she was just mostly just looking at me in in how I become as a person and 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 and, you know and how happy I was within within myself. And even though you know MMA is not the best job in the world, you don't get you know as you don't get you don't get sick pays and million billions of obviously you you can get to that but at the start it's quite it's quite hard you know it's not you know it's not the best pay you, you can get but she 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 saw that i was really into it and i really enjoyed it and i was happy and she was like yeah if that's what you want to do well you, you know we, we have to go with it and i'll be i'll be there i'll be supportive and if 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 there's anything i can do you know uh, you know, I'll be there, you know. And now she's the one who, she actually tells me all the time to come France after my fight because she wants to do, you know, my massages and work my injuries, you know, because, you know, I'm African. We got our ways of, of dealing with, you know, injuries and yeah. stuff. We got our, 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 our products from back home and mm. stuff. And, uh, yeah, she always, you know, tells me to come and, and, and look at my injuries and stuff. So it's good. So just before we wrap up, just bringing us back full circle to September 15th when you actually face Nathan Jones. I'm expecting that the weigh-ins, especially the face-off, is going to be fully charged. Just give us an insight into <laughs> what's going to actually be happening, what carnival is going to be actually uh, transpiring on weigh-in night, but secondly, what's actually going to transpire in terms of a victory on fight night. So regarding the weighing nights, I'm I'm not really a fan of you know going into the weighing and starting to push each other right. and stuff. But fair enough, it's entertaining for the crowd. Mm. But I think it's just a show, man. At the end of the day, the fight is signed. The ne- we're both tired. We're both uh, you know kind of dehydrated or hungry. We both want to go home and relax and get ready for the next day. Yeah. And that's when the real 
the real stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. So to me, all that stuff at the wedding is just rubbish. But <laughs> you know, if he, if he does anything funny, obviously I'm gonna react. So. <laughs> If he behaves, there's not going to be nothing. But if he does anything funny, obviously I'm going to react because, you know, we've 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 got we've got history. So it's not going to be a wedding like every other wedding. So fight night itself. I mean, how do you see uh, an emphatic victory? I'm guessing uh, is what you're going to be laying on. But how yeah. do you see that actually transpiring? So you know, I'm I'm seeing you know obviously my hand raised, uh, the belt around my waist. Obviously, hard work, dedication always pays off. Mm. But you must have and, played um, this out in your mind. You must have a scenario where you want to actually almost manifest what you've actually been uh, you can, dreaming you know, of. You know what? I've always did for. that. I've always did that. But mm. it's always, it's always, it's always, you know, for me, yeah. to be honest, yeah. it's always been better than what I've expected. Okay. Always. It's always been better than what I've expected, especially, you know, with the latest fight that I've been, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been having. So the victory has always been better. I knew I was gonna win mm. every other fight, mm. but I didn't know how and I didn't know when. But I knew I was gonna win because obviously I'm confident with my training, mm. confident with my team, and confident that I put in enough work to be victorious on the day. Well, one thing this has got written all over it is hashtag black on black violence nah. i for one i for one cannot wait until the 15th of september to be up close expect and some fireworks indeed indeed expect some crazy stuff President mugabe over here boy all he loves is black on black <laughs> <laughs> alex the kid Lahore. it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the wokecast you can Good call luck. me champ champ yeah well, I'm call trying to champ. remain. You can call me the belt collector. Oh. You can call me. You understand? Okay. Yeah, that's the new one now. Everyone's calling me the belt, the belt, belt collector. collector. You understand? Okay. Get all the belt. Every shows I'm gonna be on, I'm gonna go for that belt, and I'm gonna get that belt. Tremendous. Well, on that note, we look forward to seeing you both clash on the 15th of September at Bama London. What's up, everybody? I'm UFC President Dana White. Hey, what's up? This is boy Sugar Shot Evan. I am Fielder. This is Jimmy Manuel. Yo, baby, this is Burt Watson. That means it's time to roll, baby. We rollin'! Yeah! All night long. Oh, shit! 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 We'd like to welcome to the Wokecast the one, the only, Chai Lewis Harry. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Welcome, my man. Welcome. I have to say, uh, I don't think it's an understatement to say we've actually saved the best till last. You, I have to say, uh, are a welcome addition to the uh, Bama roster. First of all, let's just go back a couple of notches, though, because yeah. I remember the last time we spoke, the last time, you know, you were granting us an interview before your superstar status took off to stratospheric heights. I don't know about that. The, the last time we spoke, you were on 1FC. Just talk me through the whole departure from 1FC because I know there's a little bit of acrimony there. There's a lot of Facebook uh, posts going backwards and forwards. I mean, just from your point of view, just tie up in a neat bundle exactly what happened with that whole 1FC relationship. Well, firstly, let me thank you for the introduction. I really appreciate that. Um, I always remain humble and, and appreciate such compliments, sir. So thank you. Um, but now, I don't think it's possible to 
to shed light on one FC in a neat bundle. It's just not possible. Mm, mm. Um, Give so us the elevator pitch. The elevator you're in, pitch. You're in. You're in. You're in uh, the. Uh, you're in the uh, elevator with Dana White, and he's like, "What happened?" The elevator pitch. <laughs> well, first I would push the alarm and stop it, so I had plenty of time <laughs> because uh, we'd need the time. Um, in in a very large nutshell. Mm. Um, it's it's a situation where the company tried to um may have trouble there <laughs> uh, in a, in a in a i i try my best to, to keep it as brief as possible but um it was a situation where the company were trying to well they they weren't offering me fights for one um and the uh, the situation with the situation with the the whole brand and vera thing um was a very strange one they actually offered, they, well, I flew out to see the uh, Shinya Aoki fight in Singapore. I flew right. myself out there mm. because I was waiting for months. It's been like six, seven months before I was offered a fight. And I was like, come on, man, you know, I, I want to fight. I want to compete, especially coming off of the uh, Alain Galani um, knockout in the first round. I felt like I did enough to, to warrant, you know, more fights. Um, so I flew to Singapore as a part of my own promo. Right out of my own my own uh, back pocket. Well, I had some help with some people, but you know it's my own back pocket essentially. And um, I said, "Look, I'm here," and I presented them with these incredible ideas. I said, "Look, Brandon Vera is the guy that's making your money right now. I'd love to fight him." And they were like, "No, you can't fight Brandon Vera." Basically, I sat down with Victor Kui at the after party, and we sat down. Right, the top boy. I was, I was, yep, yeah, he's the top boy, mm. and I was pretending to drink alcohol, but I was drinking water. Right. Just so that they would loosen their lips. Mm. I was playing that tactic and okay. it was working a treat. Trust me. Um, so, you know, up until that point, everything was great. And they explained the situation that Brandon was was only signed on to fight once a year. And right. he was in Manila. Yeah, he was only fighting once a year, but he was an ambassador. So he was making, he was making money um, just by running around and promoting Evolve and, and, uh, and promoting, promoting 1FC in Asia predominantly manila so they said we we can't have him lose and i said okay well i understand now that it's a business i said well then can i fight i said you have a super heavyweight division because you had bob sap so let me get the super heavyweight belt let brandon get the heavyweight belt and then down the line maybe we can set up i can still compete he can still compete but we can set up this massive rivalry and he's like nah nah it's not gonna work we don't want to do the heavy uh, super heavyweight division anymore and i was like well i'm kind of for lack of a better word, I'm fucked. You know, there's nothing, I can't gain from this situation. So then I asked, I pitched for the McSweeney fight because that was the only other fight that was, that was any, any remotely interesting. And um, they didn't want to do that. They kept giving McSweeney other guys. And it was, it was, I took that personally like McSweeney was ducking me, but it turns out it was nothing like that. And, and you know, McSweeney's actually a nice guy. We talk now, you know. Um, and I apologized to him for, for calling out the, the way that I did. Um, then uh, I got a random call. I was back in, um, in the States with uh, my then wife. Um, and I'm in bed and I get a call at like two in the morning from Matt Hume. And he says, this is, bear in mind, this is after I'd been told I won't fight Brandon for the title. And he says, do you want to fight Brandon for the title in Manila what? in December? And I was like, huh? I'm all like confused, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, where did this come from? It kind of came left field. Um, and I was like, yeah, of course. And then, um, they took a couple of weeks to send over the contract and the contract they sent me 
was ridiculous. Like it was so stupid. Like the money was embarrassing. Like Jeez. honestly, I'd probably make more on UCMMA. Honestly, Serious? it was a joke, mate. It was an absolute joke. Wow. And I was like, and that wasn't sh- being shady towards UCMMA. It's just the levels, you know. When you no, got no, a show no, that's yeah. promoting itself as the biggest in Asia, well, they talk about having like a billion exactly. viewers and all this and, they and were, that. You know? And they were trying, to, and I was like, well, you know what? Of course, I'm going to take it because I'm going to beat Brandon and become mm. a champ. So I accepted. I don't think they were expecting that. I don't think mm. uh, I think they were going. You know, he, he ain't going to take this fight. Yeah, he knows he's because okay. he's fought for for three times the amount already. Yeah. He ain't gonna. He so ain't it's gonna a fight. Kind me. of a tactic, like yeah. oh, he didn't want to fight. And I called him on it, and I was like, yeah, I fight him, whatever, you know. And I started doing my bit to promote, and I said, look, the only thing I want for sure is equal media opportunity, because mm. I will sell this fight better than he will. What's he What's he going to say? He, he didn't sell fights in the UFC, so mm. he's not going to sell them now. And you can't re- just rely on the fact that he's part Filipino. Um, so they said, yeah, 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 no, no, 100%, you're going to get all of this media. I got nothing. Mm. Then um, they uh, they called me and said, oh, we want to we wanna set up um, this press tour. You're going to come out. We've got over 150 media outlets that are going to be there. It's going to be amazing. It's press conference, blah, blah, blah. We're going to set up your, your, your flights. This was four weeks before the fight. They wanted me to go for 10 days, and they didn't want me to take my trainer. I won't allow to take my coach. I was like, well, I've got to bring my coach. I said, this is four weeks out from the fight. And this like, is no, to no. face Vera, so obviously. This is to face Vera. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no, I'm bringing my coach. Like, yeah. got, no, 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 don't worry. We'll have people you can use to train wow. in Manila. This was in Manila. I was like, well, that ain't happening. Like, yeah. I'm, if I can't bring my coach, I can't come. And like, oh, so you're refusing to come? I said, no, don't, don't try and make it seem like Jesus. I'm refusing to come, which ultimately is what they did. They said that I didn't get on the plane. I said, well, I'm not coming if I can't bring my coach. Oh, you're refusing to come, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I called it, hung up the phone on me. Next thing they're announcing, they didn't even book my flight. They're just announcing that I didn't turn up. So they were treating me really shady. And I was like, you know what? This this ain't this ain't cool. But I thought, it doesn't matter because I'm going to get on the plane and I'm going to beat him up in this fight. I'm just going to batter him because it was becoming personal. He was saying some stuff and he was getting real personal. Mm. And I thought, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this guy a shoe in. Then um, Paul Cheng, who's now retired, he made a mistake. Now, he's a lovely guy. But I, I think he made the mistake of uh, of just a real rookie mistake of of putting a social media post up, which opened up a can of worms. And he put up a post of him. Bear in mind, this is me, a week before, nine days before the fight. Mm. He um he puts up a post of um of me of him in the gym, and he's the 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 tag on Facebook was the t- the status. Sorry was um, finally got my shot at a world title fight at 1FC and hashtagging all this stuff. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, he'd put up. He's put, mate, listen, I screenshotted wow. everything. I have got everything because he soon took it down. Wow. And I contacted 1FC. I said, what's going on about me, me not taking a fight? Yeah. And I messaged him separately. And I said, look, what's going on? He goes, oh, they told me you got visa issues. And there was no, there's no visa regulations to go to Manila. To so Manila, there was, yeah. There was no problem. Jeez, man. So they tried that one. It backfired. Yeah. Then they tried to say that um, their last straw was that I didn't submit a blood test. But there is no blood test requirement for Manila. So what did I do? I went independently and I got my own test. separate blood test. Mm. And I sent that to them. So they yeah. said they never received it, but I have all that stuff. I kept all of that stuff. So yeah, you were saying. So basically, they would. It was almost like they're trying to paint you to look like they. They were trying to make me fighter. look like I was cheating, all sorts. Mm. And I was like, well, look, we can do tests all you want. Mm. Brandon's doing them as well. 
Because I'm telling you right now, mm. he ain't clean. From I'm telling you right now, Brandon Vera ain't clean and he won't do it. I was understanding. I said, look, I understand business. You've got to do what you got to do to make money. That's fine. But don't make me look like a muck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to use my, this is my career still. You don't have to make me look. The thing is, a lot of the guys over there are just happy to be there. Mm. Because, sadly, the economy over in them parts ain't great. So they're actually fighting for like bags of rice and shit. People were looking at me and they were saying, oh, you, you, you're, you're bottling it and all that. I said, look, I told 1FC, I was just stuck in this contract where they wouldn't let me fight, even for glory. They wouldn't let me fight because I needed the permission. Oh. So that's why I didn't fight for a long time. Wow. So I was stuck and I couldn't do anything. It was so frustrating. And I said to him, look, you're either going to let me go or I'm just going to expose you and show you how much of a liar you are because mm. I've got all the evidence. And with the blood test and everything, because I've got all the evidence, I'll make you look like mugs. And they didn't say nothing. They just left it. So I took that as I was able to leave. Mm. And I left and I thought, no, 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 no backlash, no nothing. Because these guys were trying to bully me and I weren't going to get bullied. Do you know? So, And then you neatly segued into glory where <laughs> further controversy ensued. I mean, again, in a very potted way, how did it all end up with glory? Um, which I have to say, in contrast and on the face of it, do look like a professional organisation. They do look like they're at the forefront of kickboxing. But more importantly, they do look like they look after their fighters. Now, seeing what you actually posted on, again, on social media, in terms of what happened around your last scheduled fight, around the gloves, mm -hmm. it looked as though, I have to say, this seems to be the ongoing uh, resonating message from your last fight, that you bottled it. What, what, t tell me what happened. Um, well, you know what, firstly, my, my first opportunity with Glory came and it was a good one. You know, it was a great relationship. I had nothing but... but um, good intent and longevity. There was intended longevity with Glory. Um, I was quite happy to stay as a kickboxer um, because they were they were pushing me to, to help me brand. And um, it, my, my, my following was growing, you know, I was getting a nice fan base and I have a personality, which a lot of, which none of the fighters, none of the fighters there do. They don't have a personality. They can't, you know, even, even Rico, you know, lovely guy. Like if you meet him, even sure you have, like Rico is actually a really sound guy, but it was always something I, I it's like the challenge of it. I want to fight him. They're like, well, you need to work your way out the ranks. I'm like, why? If I'm willing to fight him and he keeps fighting the same guy over and over again, no one wants to see that. It's boring. So like if, if, if Rocky keep, kept fighting Apollo Creed through to Rocky Four, you'd be like, oh, I'm bored. Do you know what I mean? It's just over. So I wanted that fight and I, and I kind of worked my way to it and they were all game. Rico was in. We were all talking about that and I'd, I felt like I was building kickboxing not just kickboxing, but for the UK, because UK didn't have anybody really representing, you know? You got Daniel Sam, which is which is a great athlete, but it doesn't have the personality to match it. And I think that's how you get to the layman and the average, you know, yeah, viewer. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, I, I'm, I'm uh, sidetracking. Um, but the relationship sort of deconstructed before my intended fight in Brussels, before the glove uh, situation. I last fought in September in New Jersey and I had a glove issue then. And the fight literally, um, you could, anyone that watches back that fight, you'll see that I, I came out and, and opened in that round, in that first round, and didn't fight. Can I just like stop you there? For me, gloves are gloves, right? What was the glove issue? Was it too big, too small, too tight? No, so you Glory originally, when I, when I was at, <laughs> it was, no, it was a case that they were too small. I've got very wide palms. You can see, you see oh, yeah. my hands are quite wide. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I played years of since as a child basketball. I've got wide palms, uh, small wrists. See, my wrist is very small, yeah. but wide palms, and see how, how far my thumb goes out. It's very wide. So when I make a fist, 
it wouldn't. It, I couldn't make a fist. My, literally, my hand was in the oh, glove serious? like this. Now the issue was, I have a pair of gloves that I wore prior from Glory, made by Hayabusa, which are an amazing glove. I've got two pairs of those, and I have a pair in the states. They fit, but the fighters were complaining that they were too padded, and they weren't getting knockouts. So they changed the manufacturer uh, of um, uh, the the. The design of the, the glove. Design, they changed yeah. the design. So the glove now is the same glove for all of the weight divisions. It's, it's the same size. Same same ounce, same... But the, the Are you using the same glove like you do, like a Muay Thai? Like they all it's basically why they're one of them small gloves. Yeah, they're really small. And you mm. see the, the, the middleweight guys are wearing the same gloves as the heavyweight guys. Yeah, that's might. a bit mad. But the heavyweight... You look at K1, everyone's like 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", 6'8". Everybody's mm. a big guy. Mm. Now, they're all complaining. They're all saying, I'm just going to quote... Hesdy Gurgis, who was my opponent, what a douchebag that guy is, they were all saying, um, oh, you know, you're a fighter, you must fight. I've worn, I've worn gloves before when my hands are broken, but I didn't care, I just thought, I'm like, yeah, but you lost, you dickhead. Yeah. You lost the fight. <laughs> well, there's, there's something fundamentally wrong with that statement. If you can't make a fist, how are you supposed to fight? No, well, this is the thing. This is where you say, are you an intelligent person or are you just a dumb fighter doing what your coach tells you? Yeah, yeah. You haven't been taught the right way. I'm not going to get into a fight, break my hand, lose the fight, not get my bonus, and now I'm out for six, six weeks yeah, yeah. and I can't do anything. Then I've got to work my way back up. These guys are not intelligent. They're great fighters. They're tough. You can't question their toughness and their durability. But you're going in, you're coming up with like injuries, serious injuries where you got to have, you know, surgery and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, Dumb. I'm sorry, mate, but I've got other things I need to do. So basically, in in um, New Jersey, you already had an idea that yeah. this might happen. So you brought those gloves with you. I had. Well, no, I had my those gloves with me because I like to work out throughout the week. Okay. I don't like to just go and just do a little bit. I like to continue working as if I'm in training camp all the way take, until yeah, the fight. All the way till the fight. Jeez. Yeah. So I keep working and keep working, and um, obviously I don't spar that week because mm. I'm I'm traveling, but. Um, I keep working and then that way nothing's, it's not like I've had a break and then I'm coming back mm, and then it's yeah, all like yeah, starting yeah. again, you know? Yeah. Um, so I had my own gloves with me, but they weren't, New Jersey State Athletic Commission is, is very strict. And they've they, got to sign them they've off. They've got to sign them off. But this is, we're talking, I never had gloves to warm up in New Jersey. Mm. I went out bone dry, never had nothing. They're like, oh, we're going to call the fight. So it's what? only Sid that said the last minute, he was like, but he's got his own, well, he's got his own gloves. And they were like, oh, okay, let's see. Literally, my guy was already waiting to go out. Serious? I'm like, literally got no gloves. Jesus. So we stuck him on. We're talking minutes before I went out there. And you can see in my face, I was just pissed off. Mm. I, like, I, I said to Sid, I didn't want to fight. I ain't bothered, mate. This is mm. long. And I went out there and, and it was just the slow start for me. And I was just like, I didn't care. I didn't, I, the guy didn't present any problems for me, my opponent. So, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't switched on. Um, and we said to them, 100%, we can't have that, that problem happen again. And we need the glove situation fixed for the next fight. We don't want to have that issue because mm. that's a stress. Um, they, they assured us and we have the correspondence for weeks. Oh, we've got the uh, Hayabusa making new gloves for the heavyweights. They're big, mm. they're padded, blah, blah, blah. Got there, no gloves to fit me. Serious? Literally. And, well, and said, they designed a the new I glove. I said to them, do I need to bring my gloves? Because I didn't bring them from the States. Oh wait, I missed a part. Hold on, I missed a really big bit. I missed a really, really big bit. This is why I don't, I do not have any love for Glory anymore. Mm. Um, I came back, so Glory provided me with a work visa. And this is what I think people need to understand this because they think you're just pulling out of fights or you're, you're disrespecting the company. You don't mm. realize how badly the company disrespects some of the fighters in their personal situations. Yeah. So I have a child that lives in the states, 
Um, his mother is my ex-wife, mm. and um, they live in in, um, in in the U.S. And I was staying obviously in California. I was working for uh, with AKA, and um, everything was there for me. Like I, you know, every all of my stuff is in California. I was there for ten. So months. they're in your family's in my, California. My family, well, yeah. I'm no longer with his mother, but mm. but my son lives in in um, uh, near DC, Washington DC, okay, so okay. on the East Coast. But it's still it's just a four and a half hour flight. It's a short trip. It's like you know I can go see him every week if I want to. Um, now, Glory had me a work visa. Mm. I had a P1, which allowed me to travel and work oh, and yeah, live yeah. in the US. That's for a year, in it for a that, year. Yeah. So back in April uh, of last year, I needed a renewal, which they said they did. They said they did, and they, they sent me this paperwork. Did. But all they sent me was it come in an, a government official um, paper, but it's it was just an approval for an application. So it looks like, and me, not worrying about that uh, stuff, thinking no. it's okay. They're like, when you leave the country, because I wanted to come back for Christmas for five days. I came back for five days. And I was going back. Cause it's Christmas and my, and my son's birthday's in January. I wanted to spend all that time with him, you know. Um, I wanted to get on the plane. They wouldn't let me on the plane. They said, you don't have a valid visa. And I don't qualify Damn. for the ESTA. So I had to get an embassy appointment. I got one in January. I was like, okay, I've missed Christmas. But the next one I could get was like first week of January. And um, I went to the embassy and they denied me. They were like, no, no one's applied for you for your visa. What? So Glory lied to me. They just lied to me. They didn't want to do the legwork and pay the money to get me to go out there. They were like, oh, you just figure it out yourself. We'll stick you on the European cards. So I was like, I got no choice. And in the meantime, they're telling me, wow. oh, we're taking care of it. Don't worry, we're taking care of it, taking care of it. Well, they even though they have, they said, yeah, we've done it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. sent you something. They were like, we're taking care of it. So we, they tried to say that it was my fault. And we just sent the correspondence to, to CORE. Core Hemmers, uh, uh, who's, who's the boss man, mm. and it, they just got caught. The guy was lying. The guy that was dealing with it was on the US side, and he was just lying to try and protect his own neck, but he just couldn't be bothered. He wasn't doing his job right. Oh, so man. I got stuck, and I'm still stuck. I'm still here. I can't travel. So I've not been seeing my son now for nearly nine months. Well, you can't go into the US. You can't, can't go to the US until. So you can't even just visit as can't a. visit. Why is that? I can't do nothing. It's, it's like I didn't qualify for the ESTA. Because of a previous criminal record from like 2004. Oh, okay. I mean, I can travel. What happens, I always win the approval. But the approval process takes forever. Mm. So I spent way too much time away from my son, which is the bit that's, that's the hardest part. Mm. And these guys were just sitting there laughing. And they put me on in Brussels. Then we had the, the, the glove issue. And I said, look, they came, listen to this. So whilst this is, sorry to cut you, but this is all going on and then you still went. I still and went and competed for them. I still said, you know what, I turn up. I went to Brussels because I still want to get paid and yeah, I still yeah. want to stay active because I knew if I beat Hesdy, I'll fight Rico. Mm. I'll get a title shot, which is big for the sport mm. and it's big for England, you know? Big for me. Mm. And um, they turned around and said, right, the gloves, we have the gloves, don't worry, we've got these big ones. We get there, they're all the same glove. I'm trying on, I'm wrapped up, I'm trying on maybe eight or nine different pairs of gloves. I'm like, you're just taking the same ones out of different packets. It's the same glove. Yeah, but we tried this, we tried this, we tried this. Then they're going out and they're getting people's training gloves out of the, out of the people that are uh, like uh, the corner, the cornermen, like they're, they're warm-up gloves. Not even the same brand, like Booster. And I'm like, boys, this is getting silly now. Like it's getting ridiculous. I'm on, you're, you're telling me I've got 15 minutes until I'm on and I don't have my gloves. So I'm warming up. There's, there's footage of me warming up with just wraps. wraps. Right, my knuckles are all bloody after that. That's crazy, and, um, man. And I'm like, you lot are taking the piss because you promised me that I wouldn't have this issue again. But we had that issue. 
Then they brought me a pair of, uh, no, sorry. Firstly, they brought me the same glove and they said, look, here's our solution. We can make it work. I was like, okay, great. What we got? They came in with half of a glove. They cut it in half. Yeah, they cut the laces off. Nah. I swear to you, mate, I've got the glove. They don't know that I've got that. i got the glove, Glory. What? I've got the glove. They, um, they cut the laces off and told me, just slip your fingers in, we'll tape it on. That's Are what they're serious? telling me. Mate, I swear to you, that's what they're telling me. <laughs> no, no. And you know what? That anyone sounds who, like he's joking. Mate, right anyone who thinks I'm joking, Jeez. listen. I'm uh, sat here down, dumbfounded. I implore you, when you get home tonight, send you the picture. Tweet me that picture. I got it. Tweet got me you. the picture because <laughs> this just sounds incredible. They cut the laces off the glove and said, "Hey, I'll make you slip your hand Basically in." Basically, slip my hand in. But to say, yeah, we'll tape it up. It's like no, what? No, I said. So what? When that comes undone in the ring? Yeah. When that comes undone, and it will. What's that going to look like? That's oh well. Crazy. Well, he goes. He goes. Oh well. I'm not going to name who it was, but he's like, well. If you don't fight, you don't get paid. I was like, I do get paid. This is the difference is I know, I understand what's in my contract. I will get paid because this isn't my fuck up. This is your fuck up. You're fucking this up. Mm. Even even if I could have slipped my hand in there, I couldn't have got my thumb in. Because it it's, it's not the sense. structure of the glove is still the same. Yeah. They just basically wanted to rest it on the back of my hand and tape it on. Mate, That's I swear crazy. to you. People think, and then I got Hesdy and, and his whole granddad team come into my <laughs> locker room all like, Fucking, you got to fight. Come on, put the gloves on. Uh, uh, you know, he's doing all of this nonsense. What are you, you, you scared? I'm like, yeah, what am I scared of, mate? What am I scared of you? you, you he's, got, he's got this fattest belly I've ever seen on a heavyweight. He, honestly, he looked like, like a, a big Egyptian Roy Nelson at that time. He was fat. He was ridiculous, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, listen, mate, you're getting up. Like, you're, we're mean you're going to about to scrap right now in the hallway because it's pissing me off because I'm like, I'm dealing with this stress mm. and they're allowing these guys to now come in come on be professional and I'm like you're telling me to be professional yeah, 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 like yeah. this is ridiculous that's, yeah that's the messed up this part is is you're hearing the word professional when the frigging you know the promotion you're fighting for 15 minutes before the fight are telling you to put half of this glove on and Mate, we'll tape it, it up it sounds like an absolute joke yeah it does man but that's a movie right truth. a comedy and you know what I never I say, I spared this because you know I, I thought maybe we could have salvaged a relationship. So I never put anything on social media. I never mm. said anything. I just put a, a, a nice post about what had happened. And, um, but I had a, a photographer with me. And he was taking pictures and videos of them all doing that oh, stuff. Okay. So these guys, if they try and tell me that I'm lying, yeah. it's like, well, then I'll just expose you. And then you can look really bad. Mm. So what you could have done is just say, we fucked up on the gloves. We're sorry. It's our fault. You're not going to lose any fans over that. It's just you just there was a there was a mistake. I've got wider hands. Hesley's like the same height as me, mm. but does that mean he's got the same size cock as me? Mm. No. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone's different. Yeah, like you can't yeah. say, "Oh yeah, well I got big hands." They had other heavyweights coming in the back trying on the gloves. He's like, "Well, it fits me." I'm like, "I don't mm. care. You're three inches shorter and about two feet wider than me. You, mm. You're fat. Like uh, what? That doesn't that doesn't make sense, you know?" Mm. And um. It was a it was an interesting evening. So anyway, they came in. Their last resort was because I said obviously no to the tape gloves. They came in and they said um, they gave me these big. Uh, I've got a pair. They're um, booster sparring gloves, but they're eighteen ounce. Oh, and they shit. said you wear eighteen, he'll wear tens. But don't worry, you hit harder than him. I was like, oh my, right, that's it. Like everyone, get out of my room. Get out of my room. I'm done. Wow. Like they were like, oh, you're being so unprofessional. I was like, you want me to wear pillows on my hands? And this guy wear his gloves, and what? What? That's not an advantage. Yeah, but you hit harder. You got knockout power. He doesn't have. What? He's never. Knocked. I'm like, listen, 
mate, get out my room now. I'm done. I'm done. I started taking my wraps off and it was done. Then they let him go out in the ring and say, yeah, he's just scared. He's sick. He's blah. He's not well and blah, blah. I'm like, fucking hell. Like, they, they could have at least been fair and just said, we made a mistake. Or if they were going to say anyone was sick, why can't they say he was sick? Why are they choosing me? Turns yeah, out, true. turns out, the matchmaker manages him. So you serious? Yeah. So Jesus, these, there's, there's, listen, guys, I swear to you, people think Sandals. that oh, you pulling out. I get a lot of comments and, and messages. Oh, you always pull out fights. It's like, trust me, it's. I feel like these promotions don't like the fact that I fight back. I'm not just gonna lay there and say, yeah, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. A lot of guys would have put the 18s on and gone out there and worried about getting paid. It's like just the principle of the fucking thing. Don't try and bully me or strong arm me into doing something. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not a dumb guy, just some dumb fighter. Like, I don't need to do this for, for self-gratification. Like, it's just something I choose to do. Don't, don't, don't try and dictate to me how I'm going to go about my career, you know? One fight you obviously won't be pulling out of is what you've now been signed to actually putting a show for, and that is on the 15th of September, you will be appearing at Bama. Now, let's just talk about that, just um, as we're segueing now into, you know, where we are or where you are right now. Um, who exactly are you going to be fighting and what position in the card are you? Because as yet, a, a main event has not actually been announced. That's because the main event is mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, news Yeah, flash. breaking news. Yes, sir. Um, well, you know what? I, I feel like um, I bring a lot to the table as a, a heavyweight, especially. A lot of the heavyweights, you know, in my opinion, it's a very dull scene. Yeah. In the whole world, it's mm. just a dull scene. You know, mm, everyone mm, seems mm. to be just big and slow and want to throw uncalculated bombs and, and look for clinching and takedowns. It's just like, start, people want to see a show, you know? Yeah. It's, there's a reason that the, the NBA took the, the defensive three-second rule out. It's because people want to see dunks, you know? So you you got to understand that the dynamic of, of the heavyweight is is um, is um is really well fitted for me because I'm not one of these guys that's looking to go to the ground and, and take, you know, do all these all, the, all this grappling stuff. Mm -hmm. It's I like, I love striking. So um, I think uh, what you're going to see for sure, because my opponent is um, Maurice Jackson. Okay. Who is... Uh, that name rings a bell. You were in the same tournament as Maurice, weren't you? I was, yeah. Right. Maurice, Maurice Jackson. We both ended up falling to the same same guy. Um, I made it to the final. Right. Maurice lost in the first round. Yeah. Um, in San Diego. Uh, he's, he's actually a, a chap who's bigger than me. He's, he's taller. He's, he's about an inch taller than me. He's... he's, uh, he's He's a very good, uh, diverse kicker. Got really good kicks for someone that that tall. Mm. So he's he's dangerous, but he's not as dangerous as me. And um, I I'm I'm very glad that there's someone big for me to to make a spectacle of. Because if it was Brett McDermott, who with all due respect, you know he, he's not really a heavyweight. He's a light heavyweight. You know if he shaves his beard, he's probably a middleweight. So <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, it, it's, it's, this is a legitimate heavyweight clash. Two really big guys, and we're both strikers. So, Why was it that they took so long to announce it? Like, uh, you know, obviously, you were on the card, so we knew you were on the card, but we didn't know who you were fighting yet. Yeah. What Do you know what that was about? Well, there was a whole lot of um, ducking and swerving for opponents. Oh, man. There was a whole lot of that. Yeah, there was... Um, there was a. Uh, 
<laughs> so how many a opponents of, do you, uh, you know, obviously... I mean, loosely, I mean, you probably have to speak to Sid for that, for the exact number. Yeah. But I know loosely, at least, we had like four or five guys turn it down. Serious? Yeah, yeah. So do you was, get that a lot because of your... Because you're quite a big heavyweight. You're not... It's not like a... You know, like you're saying, you're not just podgy or... You're yeah, quite well, a big dude for I, your... I, I take, I take heavyweight, pride... So. Are you going to say something? Yeah, of course I'm going to jump in. I want, I want to hear the names. You know me. I, I, I love oh, the names. Come on. Who were these names? Do you know what? Do you know what? Bring them to the table. The thing is, Let's the thing, air them out. The thing is, well, Brett McDermott didn't want to fight. Really? No, nah, he didn't want to fight. He flatly turned that he down? He turned that down, yeah. Damn. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe he's injured. Or, it might but have something to do with the fact that you're seven foot. I think so. I mean, he's not, like I said, he's not a big guy, is he? No. You know, he's, 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 he's a tough best. guy, but he's not a big guy. Yeah. And um, I think respectively it's it's probably a smart decision he's he's an older guy you know he's he's probably at the 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 end of his career you know um what's the point in taking the damage you say he's at the end of his career he's recently just come out of retirement so he in his mind retired and that is a very very i have to say that's a very hard psychological fix you've already down tools and then you're back up again and you're no i don't really think that he's quite ready but that might explain why he didn't take the fight so Brett McDermott didn't take the fight who else didn't take the fight uh, no you know what there was a bunch of dudes that, that I don't even know they were like there was a bunch of names um, uh, one of them for sure I know but yeah. I like the guy so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> I do like him he's a cool dude so I'm not gonna say that but then again I understand it because a lot of the guys are all about a foot shorter than me right so yeah. it makes sense, you know, that that, that short, 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 stocky, muscular frame doesn't work with me. No. It just doesn't work. And it's, it's that thing of you guys being heavyweights, like everyone knows one shot could do it all. Yeah, exactly. And it's more likely to happen a short guy versus a taller guy, longer yeah. reach. So that's what I wanted to know. Like, did that, do you find that happens a lot then with you? Obviously, you probably get more of a chance in kickboxing, as you're saying, K1, more size fighters in that mm-hmm. sense. But like in MMA, there aren't many of your size so no. has it always been a bit of a struggle getting? Yeah, I've always had I've always had trouble, yeah. which is why I only had I've had seven MMA fights because I've yeah always, yeah. Well, you, well, you is it six and one you are or six, six no six and zero? Oh, oh yeah, no contest. No contest. Yeah. yeah yeah. But the the amount of times I've had guys pull out at the show, like I've just <laughs> turned up and I'm ready and then they just disappear. Don't know where they are. You know. Now I have to say you're no stranger to controversy and one of my favorite i have to say altercations uh, interactions was you and john jones yeah. now just talk us through the behind the scenes this guy loves his black on black crime <laughs> <laughs> i'm all about that hashtag black on black violence behind the scenes what was actually going on there and how did you manage to get yourself kind of like uh ensconced in this controversy and in this conflict because i thought jones was actually fighting cormier but it sounded at one point that he was going to be fighting you <laughs> um well how do, how do we put this in 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 uh, short terms well i just flown to i flew directly to la for dc's camp and um, from LA, we flew to Vegas. We was in LA for a day. He had uh, some media to do at Fox. And then we flew to, so we trained there. And then we went to Vegas uh, for that. It was literally that unstoppable tour. But when you saw the cameras was switched on, when Jones thought they were off, mm. and you saw the real, you saw a side of the real guy. That's yeah. genuinely what the guy's like. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was no reason for him. He was talking to DC and I was finding it amusing. I'm thinking, I'm getting a front row seat to some, yeah. some real media here, <laughs> stuff yeah, right yeah. here, you know? <laughs> And he just starts to, he's like, yeah, you get in a car, you big bitch. 
he's talking, talking to you. To me. And I'm like, wow. what are you talking to me for? Like, I said, don't, don't talk to me, mate. Like, I don't even know you. Like, you don't even yeah. need to talk to me. He's like, he started saying shit like, oh, what am I supposed to be scared of you? What are you going to do? Come, come do something. And I was like, he's saying well, that to you. Yeah, he's telling me that. I said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Because I'm like, look, I ain't fighting. We're in a cage. He said, you're fighting him. I said, but I'll pick this rock up. How about that? And I'll put it on your face. <laughs> and it became, it became real. I said, because That's this ain't. Hilarious. And he just shut. And not saying this because it's, it's my word against his. He did just shut up. Because I think the reality of it was, we won't be in a fucking fight, an yeah. MMA fight. Yeah. It's like, don't talk and start shit with me when I've got big rocks right here. Mm. There was literally big rocks right there. I was like, I'll pick it up. <laughs> and then and then he didn't say anything. He looked at your, your palm span and he was yeah, like, that's yeah, shit. Yeah. He really he was, was on like a, a big ass rock. Bird. He was on a, on, a, on a hill a little bit further up and he had okay. two security guards between us. And I was like, don't talk Oh, so there was security there security anyway. There. And he was talking all of that. Yeah, yeah. otherwise not, because it would have been different. It would have been a different story. But I just, uh, we got in the car and we left and then we went, uh, DC when it got changed and um, we went over to that press conference. When we go in the back of the MGM, we're walking in and everybody's doing their media. There's like media stands here and all the fighters are lined up. Mm. And I bump into Alistair Overeem, who I used to train with. So we're catching up. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years and we're catching up and, and we're talking. When I turn, DC and the whole crew are gone. And I'm like, oh, I need to catch him up because I, um, I had one of his bags. I was like, I need to catch him up. So I'll, I'll speak to you in a bit, Alistair. Uh, leave, enter John Jones oh, and his three brothers. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're all coming in a bunch of like their entourage. The linebackers. And I was the... like, do you know what? I'm walking straight down the middle. You can't like, you can't sidetrack and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I actually thought, um, you know, the, the cut man, uh, Tate, heavyset guy. Okay. Bald guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He wears a hat though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought John Jones' fat brother was Tate because we were just with Tate the day before. Mm. And we were hanging out with him. And I was like, oh, I, I, I thought he was Tate. So I'm like, what's up, Tate? Shit. And he's like, don't talk shit to me. You were talking shit to my brother. And I was like, well, this little bitch here. Like, I, I started talking about his brother. And Jones is just standing there like, how dare you talk about me like that? And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Like, he sent you for your brother. He was standing behind his brothers. And they were all sort of yapping at me. You know, he was like the, he was like the chihuahua behind the Rottweilers. <laughs> but making all the noise, you know. Oh, and he was like, look, I ain't being funny. But I had no problems with you. But you make it personal. And you've obviously got to bitch to your brothers. Because they don't even know yeah, me. Yeah, for them to and say And they're that, all now so talking shit to me. And all that. it nearly became a fight. The the UFC had footage of it, but I heard they they, they deleted it because it would have made... It would have been promoting yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Maybe. So, um, yeah, after that, we kind of... We, we were close. I think it, any, another 10 seconds, we might have been fighting there. Serious? Been fighting all three of those, yeah. So, um, well, I left and then they got the whole staff and the, the security coming to me saying, we're going to have to ask you to leave if you don't, if you start, because they're worried that I was going to fight. So I'm not going to fight the guy, but he's getting in my face. I'm trying to walk somewhere and there's like 10 of them all occupying the whole space. So what am I supposed to do? Stand and wait. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, like I said, no, you can't do that. Um, so that was that. And, and since then, we've just had a little bit of a disdain for each other. He's definitely beaten psychologically because... Uh, I, I I like to get people's heads and I was I tweeted him a couple of times about his legs, how skinny his legs were. Yeah. And the guy, four o'clock in the morning, is messaging me, inboxing me, just cussing me out and defending his legs. Wow. Defending his legs. Then then he writes me wow. this long message, this long, long message. If you want to see it, I'll show it to you. Well, out of interest, how was he defending them? Was he like... He was like, oh, well, these legs, you call my legs skinny. Um, 
Let me just read it. To you. <laughs> let me get. Yo, let me just read it to you. Chopper Jay, hey, this is the, the news reporter right here, man. He's let got the exclusives. Breaking news, Chopper Chai. John, <laughs> John Bones Jones. Let's find. Um, so first of all, he said wow. he said, "Take my fat dick out of your mouth." Wow. Um, where's the where's? So he didn't delete these, that. He just these, uh, put, these. No, no, no. This is all in a private in message. The DM. Yeah. These chicken legs have made me internationally famous and a multi-millionaire. Um, you are a fucking training partner. Just for verification, I'm just. Oh yeah, yeah. Rolling around it. There yep, you go. that's yep. verified. That's a long message, John right? Bones Jones. Yep, <laughs> I, I, I can verify it for you, listeners. Man, this is John really Bones Jones actually talking to Chai. Yeah, I wonder what was fueling these. Uh, Making Lewis fun of my legs. Like he's mentioning it again. You wow. got all that muscle and still absolutely shit. He's fully slipping to your DMs. Writing there. you back is like a king addressing a peasant. He, he's he's writing you a novel there, brother. He said, yeah. He said. Uh, Wow. Uh, he said, yeah, John Jones is hot for the chopper. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jesus. I'll, I'll never reply to you again until you can prove that you've made $1 million. Wow. You know what? Until then, wait, wait, wait. Here's his class. Mm. Until then, don't even consider yourself a professional father. What? <laughs> father? Must be a mistype. Professional he, fighter, he's, maybe. He's, he's, um. Nah, that's some bitchiness, man. Wow. You know what? There's a term sliding in your DMs. That's a bear helter skelter in your DMs. That is one oh. of the biggest rides I've ever seen. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is not even a slide. That is a full on helter skelter. Say that he, he bungee jumped into the DMs or something. <laughs> wow. Hey, and I'm there are There are some um, typing errors there. So I think he was probably drunk. Yeah, well, That's high. what I was thinking. He's high. drunk or high. Because he was making, he, he, to, to repeatedly defend yourself. On um uh, on your legs, it's like mm. well, if I'm nothing, what does it matter? He must have been on the source, at the very least yeah, on yeah. the source, because that's when the truth comes out. Yeah, he's like, man, yeah. he's more talking talk to me. Talk about my fucking legs. I got a million dollars in the bank. Boy, but all we can hope <laughs> is that you know what I mean. Eventually, you get in the UFC, and and this might happen, man. Do you know what, uh, you know, you know that, that 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 saying um uh, of destiny? Mm. I think I think me and him will fight. Mm. I'm almost sure of it. Yeah, I feel it. I just feel it. Me it seems him. like it, man, because there's definitely a storm brewing right there. And you know what? He's the kind of guy that likes to prove a point. Yeah. So he'll stand with me. Just one final thing before we do wrap up: your fight on the 15th is that a title fight or is it just uh, a standard like clash? It's for the the Lonsdale heavyweight title. Oh right. Yes, sir. Snap. I would only do it for the gold. So you could actually ride off into the sunset, straight into the UFC on the back of this huge win. Well, you know the the reality is, the truth is that um, I turned the UFC down to right. Alabama. Wow. It's, yeah, I've had a, I've had the UFC on, on my case for for forever now. They would they've been waiting for me to get out of glory, but you know what the situation right now. It's just, it just, Bama felt right. Yeah. It felt right. And, you know, being at home, mm. being in London and mm. to come mm. back to MMA, I feel like it's really important for me. I've got so many supporters yeah. that can't ever go to my fights because I'm, I'm America based. Wow. So I really wanted to give back to all my people and just be like, look, you can come and I'm going to put on a show for you. And it's for something. It's not just, oh, I'm having a fight mid card. Do you know what I mean? It's like something, here you go. There's, there's something that you can say you're a part of bit of history you know and you've headlined as well headlined yeah amazing uh well there's the headline right there chai 
I have to say, it's been an incredible, incredible ride. I mean, we talk about, you know, Helter Skelter. This has been one roller coaster. I mean, I have to say, <laughs> I'm left open mouth. This is the 100th episode, and you have done it justice. <laughs> okay, so we're on to the segment of the show where we run down the main event this weekend, which is UFC 214, 214. At the top of the card, we've got Jones versus Cormier too. But let's just, uh, before we go any further, you know, there are some also rounds before we break down the main card. For me, it's Adjaman Sterling uh, versus Henan Burrell. Adjaman, I have to say, if you look at it, records are for DJs, but a 13-2 and fighter going up against someone who is 36-4, and you'd think that uh, Henan Burrell, coming in at 36-4, and would have... Adjamain's uh, number. But for me, this is the also ran. I'm ra- really looking forward to this fight because we get to see, I think, the redemption of Henan Burrell, but also, um, I think, a pretty sterling performance from Adjamain, if you excuse the pun. Oh. And, the, and the pronunciation. Is it Aljamain in it? Or is it Aljamain or Aljamain? He sounds Nigerian when you say it, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right about that. Uh. <laughs> You're killing me right now. I'm not really good with the pronunciations. You know this. Yeah. Algermain Sterling. Yeah, it just Adjaman. sounds like Algermain. Yeah, Algermain. Yeah, like, when Adjaman. I see <laughs> You know what? I, I think this is a Nigerian name, and that's why I'm going Probably. with Algermain. That's a good point. I thought yeah. it was just a mixture of Al, like Alan and Jermaine. Algermain. You know, like, like in, in, in America, the they say tomato when it's actually tomato. Mm. Ajaman. Yeah, you're probably right. Ajaman. So you, are you going with, you're giving it to the Nigerian I'm then, yeah? it to Nigerian, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's going to be an interesting one, but I do think also that probably Al has got it because um, Burrell just ain't really looked Burrell's same. shot, man. He's done. You reckon, yeah? He's like a flat tyre that you can't fix. I, I just don't <laughs> think... I just don't... He's never been the same. TJ raped him, man. And since that, then, since whoa, then, whoa, his whoa. bum ain't never been the same. <laughs> And just so, just so the listeners know, we are joined by Mr. <laughs> Mr. Newsflash, a.k.a. The Chopper. Chai Perry is helping us out with these predictions as well. So just in case. Uh, I told you I weren't going to pull no Yeah, punches. he can back it. You know what I mean? So, all right. Um, so the one I think people should watch for, there's a couple on there. There's a couple names on there that really I, I think people should watch for, like Eric Shelton and... Um, I'm not sure. Maybe the the Doba Berkman fight, but more more so, the one I like is uh, what's his name? Jason Knight. Jason Knight versus Ricardo Lamas. Jason Knight. He's got that proper red neck. When he and Lucas in the block, boy. He's from Lucas in the block, when he. <laughs> Was that his name? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that, uh, this is one I think people should watch for, though, for real. Because, I don't even know who he is. Yeah, I, I know. You're a fighter, though. Fighters don't watch for really fights. What is it about fighters don't watch fights? What is that about? It's not that I don't watch fights. It's just, it has to really captivate me. You mm. know what? There's no, none of them obviously got personality. Mm. Much of a personality that stands mm. out, you know? I don't really watch the small guys fight that often either. No. It needs to be, unless it's like a real standout fight, a grudge match, mm. I watch it. But I don't. I still haven't watched the Klitschko Joshua fight. Yeah, I still yeah. haven't watched it. Wow, it's nuts. And that was that was a fight I was interested in watching. But I don't know. I just get lazy. Yeah, I watch I hear that. old school fights, Pride and that you know sort of things. I watch. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it makes sense anyway. I mean, because obviously, like, you're involved in it as well. So it's yeah. like, you don't want it to, ing- like, your whole life is engulfed in it. If it flicks on, I pay yeah. attention, especially the heavyweights. But other than that, I couldn't give a yeah. monkeys. So, yeah, definitely one to watch. I, uh, for me, I'd say uh, Jason Knight versus Ricardo Lamas. First of all, though, on the main card, we got uh, a good friend of the show, Jimmy Manua versus, I'll let you say the uh, awkward name, Mike. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's uh, Volkan Ozdemir. Yeah, you see, yeah. Uh, I, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I think it's, I think it's a Zedemar. <laughs> <laughs> Volkan Ozdemir um, sort of like talked himself into this fight for two reasons. One, he uh, has a spectacular knockout from his last fight. But two, Jimmy Manuel, you know, or, or let's just call it as it is, he was after a dance partner because he was going to be the stand-in should Jones actually have fallen off this card. Now, I see this being a one-sided beatdown from Jimmy Manuel. I mean, okay, let's not even look at the records. I mean, Jimmy's, what, on 17-2 and two at the moment, um, and Volkan is on 14-1. and one. Let's just discard that right now. Jimmy's of a different striking pedigree, of a different striking power, and I think if we look at the trajectory... Um, Volkan has literally just started his ascent, whereas I would say Jimmy is at the pinnacle. So I think it's going to be either a first round KO from Jimmy uh, or a second round TKO by Jimmy. I see Jimmy basically emphatically coming with the goods with this one. Come in, come in, Chai. I I um I don't know who the other geezer is. Never heard of him. I saw I saw like a video of him. Um, like in some of his fights, hitting pads and that, yeah. and he he looked like a moomin. Remember the moomins? <laughs> I was just like, yeah, <laughs> nothing impressed, like nothing overly impressive. And um, I just thought oh, he's 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 meat for the feast, isn't he? Really? Yeah. And I think you know, the, Jimmy's probably got the next legitimate shot. Mm. I mean, it's awkward with the whole Gustafsson yeah, thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But um, I think who wouldn't want to see Jimmy fight? He's exciting. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, um, sure. I think, yeah, I think he's just going to ram his fist up his ass personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, over. What I want to know is this Volcan dude as well. He's the guy that got ranked fifth in the, like he, he got oh, one on. knockout. He got one knockout and then he's ranked fifth. How does that happen? How can sketchy you? Sketchy rankings. You're right. It is <laughs> sketchy rankings because uh, obscure media actually put these rankings together. These, I have to say, it's almost like a fanboy type of approach to this. I don't want to actually come out and say this, but I feel as though you're twisting my arm. These aren't legitimate rankings. Let's just be fair. Let's just be honest. And let's look at the media who are actually putting these rankings together. You don't see MMA fighting on there in terms of the listings. You don't see MMA junkie on there. You don't see any of the people from Bloody Elbow actually on there. What you do see is a lot of obscure media outlets now i'm not dissing you guys i'm just saying let's just call it what it is that's why you have this scenario now where volcan goes in there and you know legitimately you know starches a guy but then that basically rockets volcan up the rankings all of a sudden do you you know why i I think um it makes sense it it, it doesn't make sense but at the same time it makes business sense because it legitimizes uh jimmy's shot at the title because it's like Okay, he beat the number six guy that, who was Corey Anderson, mm. and now he's beat the number five guy. It only makes sense. He's not going to fight who's number four, Glover. Yeah, he's I Glover. get what you're saying. Yeah. He's not going to. He's just come off a loss. Yeah. He's not going to fight Gus, so he is the next in line mm. if Gus doesn't take it. Yeah, okay. Um, obviously, we'd all want to see Jones v. Gus, 
but that ain't gonna happen just yet. Jones yeah. lose. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man. So, this is, do you know I, what I mean? It has made it more interesting up there anyway, because there was a while where it just felt like there's only four fighters in the two hundred five yeah. division. Well they really I mean, who is there? I mean, I mean, there's more now. I guess like Johnson leaving is kind of yeah. It's kind of left it to three or four. Know, well, you got okay. So let's talk about it. Jones, obviously Cormier's the champ. The champs, you don't really count Jones, that, yeah. Gustafson, Jimmy Manua. Then you got this guy Volkan. Um, who else you got? There's a couple other guys that are yeah. Well, yeah, Glover's still in there. Yeah, kind of <laughs> still in there. I, I'm a bit worried about Glover because. Yeah, Shogun's still there. No, I Shogun guess. can't do anything. I mean, they're still up there. They're still in the, you know. I know. Need a few wins, but yeah. All right, but yeah, anyway, I think it is definitely getting a bit more exciting there. And yeah, I'll give this one to Jimmy as well. Um, time permitting, let's move on to the next one, which is Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cerrone. If it happens. No, I'm joking. So on this one, I think I'm going to give it to Robbie because I think he's had a bit more time off. Donald Cerrone's coming off of like a groin injury or something, like a groin tear as well as some other kind of... Been banging and I've had them, a groin them, tear. them cows out in That's Texas, ain't he? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking douchebag. Well, we say like he's, he's a different type of uh, cowboy, yeah? He's different a type a fucking, of background. Yeah, he, 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 he rides cowboys. <laughs> breaking up his groin before a fight. What's wrong with you? Each to their own and all that. Yeah. But that, that <laughs> fucking guy... Fucking, yo, that's my pick. That was that's Chai's pick. Robbie Lawler. No, I ain't pick. Yeah, I picked Robbie Lawler. In, in in all seriousness and a professional standpoint, um, I think again, Cowboy is 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 like sort of he's, he's past it now. He's taking too many hits, and he can't really. Yeah, he beat Matt Brown, but Matt Brown takes a lot of hits as well. You know. Yeah, I'm going Robbie Lawler. Um, Donald Cerrone's boyfriend takes a lot of hits too. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, Let's neatly segue into the next fight. But no, I I definitely have uh, Robbie Lawler as well. But moving swiftly on, Chris Cyborg versus Tony Evinger. Let's just call this as it is. I mean, um, Chris Cyborg needed a dance partner. Chris Cyborg needed somebody to beat up. Chris Cyborg, basically, um, I'm going for Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg is going to tear Tonya Avenger, a new one. And um, do you think, um, so do you think it's all orchestrated for just so that Cyborg can get a belt? I, I feel the same. Like I think Absolutely Cyborg's 100%. Win this. this is the Chris Cyborg show. This is the Chris Cyborg showcase. Whichever angle you look at it, if you cut this down the middle, it has Chris Cyborg written in there as well. So mm. yeah, this is a Chris Cyborg um, appreciation party. Yeah. Chai, do you watch female fights? Um, yeah, you know what? There's this there's this porn that that has these women like fighting each other naked yeah, for like that, sexual it. position. Yeah, I watched yeah. that. <laughs> so who do you who do you <laughs> Yeah <laughs> If you see the look on his face when he said it as well, uh, I, you have to believe him. Yeah, so who do you like, think's gonna win the position on the, in this fight here? I'm gonna Bearing have... in mind one of them actually is into that kind of Which one? Yeah, yeah, you know. I don't know who the other one is. Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh yeah, what's she like? She's she's a good fighter. She's a good fighter, no? Tonya Evinger. Yeah, she should have been in the UFC a while ago, really. But I think they they kind of had their dispute. Uh, I'm honest, fight. I don't really watch. You know, I don't watch much fights, let alone female fights. Yeah, it's not nothing to do with sex because I I definitely watch like you know I watch Holly Holmes or mm. um, Amanda Nunes fights like because they're the more 
Oh yeah, Joanna. Skill wise, she's wicked. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think she's amazing. Joanna and Jacek. Yeah, so should have let Mike try and say Yeah, that, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, try and check this one out because Chris is she's a she's a Neanderthal. Yeah, she's an animal when it comes oh, to yeah, that. Oh yeah, she's similar a big woman. to yeah. You ever met her? Nah. Massive. Is it? Yeah. Long head. And that's you saying that she's big. She's massive. Yeah, 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 wow. Yeah. Just very, just very, the structure is just, just big, large. Yeah. Right. Let's move on before we get into trouble here. So the next one is Tyron Woodley versus Damian Meyer for the welterweight title. Uh, Tyron is seven, 17 and three and one, and uh, Damian is 25 and six. Uh, one of them is a backpack, and the other one likes to wear backpacks, apparently. But yeah. I, I think that I do feel like Tyron is really good at, um, you know, tailoring his game plan when it comes to, you know, I think he's got the right people around him in terms of getting him prepared for an opponent. So I feel like he's going to be ready for this because I don't feel like it's too hard to keep away from Damian Meyer. You know, he's at a certain age where his movement isn't the greatest, you know what I mean? So you can kind of, it might not be, it's probably going to be one of them fights that's not that exciting because of the game plan he's got to have, but I think he could take this one. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with T. Wood on that one. I, I think um, you just have to look I, I pay attention a lot to frames mm. and size, and I just don't think Damien could take a, a, a straight right from Tyron. Mm. He's too solid. He's a very solid man, you know? Yeah, he is. Um, so I, I just don't know. I, I see that as, as a, a Woodley stoppage, personally. I'd have to tend to agree with you there. I mean, Woodley, we know his wrestling caliber. There's no way that um, Damien Meyer is going to take him down as easily as he probably thinks that he will. His takedown defense is phenomenal. But not only that... This, I think, is going to be um, Tyrone's fight because his KO power is phenomenal. He has come on in lengths and in strides and also, like, upped his game in terms of what artillery he's actually bringing to the fight. Now, I remember the last time that I, I saw him actually smother a fighter and, and uh, it looked horrible. But also, he did showcase um, the fact that, you know, he was very, very good at controlling fighters. So, again... It, was that against it, Gunner? That was against... <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Tyrone oh, Woodley. Okay. When he was actually... Uh, he was in there with Paul Daly. You could see that whole fight, whilst it looked boring, from a technical standpoint, it was sheer brilliance. Dominant, yeah. Sheer brilliance because it was about domination. But also, like I say, because of his wrestling pedigree, I just think his takedown defence is going to be too much. But um, this is going to end in a, in a brutal KO, I think, in the... Definitely the early the early rounds. You're looking at either round one or round two. It's either going to be uh, a savage KO or a TKO. It's going to be interesting, man. I, I, these sort of matchups, especially when it's at this level, like what we saw with Wonderboy. Okay, how is this guy who's predominantly more of a wrestler, a puncher, going to deal with this guy who's got this crazy footwork, you know, in terms of kicks and whatnot? And then he, and he showed us, man. I think he won the first time round. And then the second time round, more or less the same game plan, and he still uh, managed to get the win. So it's going to be very interesting. But moving on to the main event, <laughs> Daniel Corbier versus Josh DC. Jones. I wonder. Let's put money on this one. Chai, who, who you got on this one? <laughs> I, think, I think DC is going to break off his skinny little chicken shit legs and he's going to ram one up his arsehole and one down his throat. John Jones, you fucking prick. <laughs> Fuck Yo. John Jones. See, we should have left you till last, man. I'm not going to come after that one, man, with my measly. Oh, I think. Well, I, I, well, as you know, I don't really like the guy. 
Yeah, so, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, that I'm not even being biased. I, I've I trained with Daniel for 10 months and um, two Jones camps and, and they fell through. But I, I honestly believe Daniel is... is it's just his time. There's a momentum shift, a massive momentum shift, mm. massive, massive momentum shift. And John Jones' skinny little legs cannot hold the pressure on his. That's on his back right now. And you notice he was insecure about his, his damn haircut because we were talking about his haircut and let he shaved his hair yeah, off yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy's just an insecure <laughs> little bitch. Hey, there's something in his eyes and all that that makes me feel like man, he doesn't look. You know, he just not like he's not. I don't know. Maybe he's not healthy or whatever. But he just doesn't look fight ready yet. You know. And, he and trains that- hard in his camps. Mm. Like DC is, I mean, it's every day. It's every day. Days that he should be taken off, he's down teaching the kids. Mm. Like he's he's one of those guys, you know. And I'm not just saying that because, but I only gravitate to people that that are like like minded, mm. you know, similar people. Mm. Um, and I don't I don't think there's any doubt in his mind. No, not this no time. Doubt. Like nah, there's no doubt in his yeah. mind. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'll go with DC. I think. Those are the couple things that kind of made me think, like, oh, man, is he there or not? Because, you know, the last, what was it? Uh, I think they did the, um, yeah, on the last show. So it was on the weekend, the um, Long Island show, and they did that. Oh, that was it, the back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stan, you know, he messed that up. Like, he, it just didn't seem right. But I think part of it was the fact that he's team, you know, he was former teammates with yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit awkward anyway. Then you're yeah. asking these awkward questions. But the whole thing felt like both of them didn't really want to do it. But more so, it felt like DC just, the energy wasn't there, like you know. He's just all right. I'm just focused on the fight. It's more like, man, I, I'm, I'm, I don't feel comfortable right now, you know. Well, he's probably just finished training, mm. and you know what? Training sessions are long. Yeah, you maybe long. It's a long training session, and, and it's 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 draining. So he probably was just like he was mm. done, and he, you know he didn't really want to be doing that. So for the record, off the back of um the the long time off, I feel like um Jones might. I mean, sorry, Cormier might scrape this one. Um, so, Mike's, I know you got something interesting to say. I'm going to be the dissenting voice. Be careful voice. now. I'm going to be the dissenting voice. I love you, Chai. You bring a lot of magic. <laughs> you bring a lot of entertainment. But let's be kind of like, um, how can I put it? A little bit observant of what we've seen so far in not only the embedded, but also in the run-up to this. Um, a lot of the footage I see, and it worries me, I see the fact that Cormier looks like he's struggling with either some kind of injury or either training fatigue or I don't know what it is, but there's something about his gait, the way that he walks, he kind of like meanders through the corridors. He's sort of almost as though there's something, maybe a psychological burden. I I can't put my finger on it, but there's something not quite right there and I don't know whether it's either the weight cut whether he's nursing an injury or whether it is psychologically this has actually got to him but I think that's why I'll give Jones the advantage not only that you heap on top the fact that Jones has got one of the most wickedest arsenals in terms of a tool set instead of the in, in, in terms of the spinning back fist spinning elbows the fact that he's pretty nifty on the ground as well i mean he, remember he took down cormier just to prove a point now he's a very very wily fighter but as well as that his arsenal in terms of what he's got in his war chest is deep it's a big war chest and i just personally feel that in terms of condition, in terms of what I see, in terms of the psychological makeup, in terms of what I see, in terms of the Arsenal, this is John Jones's fight. I'm going with John Jones. Well, good for you, mate. 
good for you. Um, I, I think you know, if you look at, you got to remember, DC's thirty-eight. Yeah, he's I a think two-time it's a big Olympian. Factor, isn't it? Those, those, those guys. If you just see one wrestling practice or try one wrestling practice, it's another level. Mm. You know, he comes from a wrestling stable, and that stuff does things to your back that I, mm. I, I don't even, I don't even make. I, yeah, I can't even yeah. describe it. I just doing two sessions a week. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm for you, for taller people, tall it's people, even worse. Yeah. yeah. So you know, this guy's done it at Olympic level. So you know that ain't no joke. And then to be a professional fighter uh, and win in strike force, mm. and then come on and be the UFC champion, he's never taken any any like real breaks. Mm. Okay, sure, people can sit and say he's fat and whatever, but he's still the champ. Mm. It doesn't matter. That obviously works for him, you know. Mm. But I think, uh, as you know, as you get older, you don't you don't um, recover as quickly. Mm. It's probably that. I mean, those yeah. guys train hard, man. Those yeah. guys train hard. I do feel like you know he's the the reason why I'm picking DC because I feel like the determination to not you know he's never this is the first time he's lost ever he's ever lost a fight with John Jones. So it's the one person. Do you know what I mean? And so I feel like you know he's gonna probably unleash the beast this time. Like he felt. There was stuff he hasn't really spoken on what it was exactly, but there were a few things that he felt he wasn't happy with the last fight. And I'm sure, you know, like you were saying about wrestlers, I've noticed that as well, that wrestlers seem to, they pick up on things really quickly mm -hmm. as well as they, they have that sort of hard body determination where they, it's like, nah, I need to get this one. I need to get this one, you know? Yeah. And I've sensed that from him, but then also there's been that, you know, the, the rings around the eyes, the sort of look of like, like you're saying. Fatigue. Yeah, fatigue or, so, so or he's not well or something. But maybe it's just, you know, obviously the weight cut is bigger than than what we, we understand maybe. It, it obviously is because, you know, um, being a fan of fried chicken myself, again, not to, <laughs> not to diss your boy, but he does love his Popeye chicken. He loves Does he really eat chicken fried and cake chicken. like together? No, no, I don't uh, no it's America I've though. I've never so seen him eat the cake, no, but we have, we have shared Popeyes once in a while. Well, Popeyes, there's a Popeyes in at the airport of Vegas. There's always a Popeyes before you get on a plane. Right. We've done a few tours to Vegas, so <laughs> yeah. But do you know? Do you know what he he does? What he needs to do? Yeah, yeah we've seen that, there, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen yeah. that. But again, I sorry, sorry, Chai. I got to pick you up on this. He <laughs> gets there. Let's not forget the last time that we saw Cormier on the scales. He needed an assist, and we're not talking about you know. Uh, going and sweating out in the bath, literally within seconds of returning from behind the velvet curtains. After not making weight, he suddenly made weight, and it was kind of evident what he'd actually done. Come on. Chai yeah, took a shit behind the, the curtain. Chai, to my that eyes, to my eyes. <laughs> he took a shit behind and, the curtain. You and I know that he held that towel like his life depended on it. I think he it. only held on the towel because he was um, tired. Oh, <laughs> tired. So he was, yeah, and it was slippery. You know, scales can be slippery. Yo. I'm, I'm telling you, man. He's on the pay, he's on the pay scale. <laughs> wow. No, no. He, he was, it was, he was slippery. He'd, he'd lost weight because he literally yeah. went around the corner and took a shit. <laughs> right. Literally right there. That was yeah, must, that right must have been the fastest shit in all of history. Man, I mean, going for that weight cut, it, you're dehydrated, it kind of falls out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm smelling? You know what I'm smelling here? Have a guess. You're smelling that shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. That about wraps up this episode of The Wocast. Thank you to all of our guests who uh, came on. Thank you to my co-host, my Stiggy, who, uh, again, brought the fire, as usual. That intro, right. I have to say, 
is the intro of all intros that you hey. and I have to say shouts out to man like Keith Price on yeah, Producky. Yeah, man. Is that how you used to say it these days? Producky. Production. <laughs> don't lie, you just didn't know how to pronounce production. <laughs> you thought it was uh, Slovakian. <laughs> yeah, big shout to Keith Price, man. He blessed that. Uh, that was the beat from the rap, uh, the uh, last MMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Loved it. Figured it made sense. And then obviously, you know, letting people know what the world cast is about, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we do. You brung it. Appreciate uh, it. Until man. next time, people, make some trouble. Peace out, my beloveds.